This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. What's up, donkeys? Happy Monday. Junkies coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. You can check us out on 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM in Richmond. And we're streaming live on the Odyssey app. Take us on the go wherever you may be with that Odyssey app. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. We're presented by Crop Metcalf the official heating and cooling company of the Junkies, looking to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber, just visit CropMetcalf.com, and you can join their team today. We thank you for tuning in this Monday morning, February 26th, 2024. I'm John Paul Flame, joined by Johnny Cake Sawville. Hello, everybody. Hope it was a good weekend for all. Jason Bishop's here, struggling. Cakes loves... Getting those loogies out? Cakes loves six deuce uh, hands in, <laughs> in his poker tournaments. I, mean, I, I saw a lot of that starting hand over four different events this past weekend. You had about so, yeah, 30 of them. saw a lot of those. Mm. And look mm. who's back. It's Mr. Eric Bickle. Yeah, what's up, man? What's up? You had a silly one-day work week last week, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't That's work. That's so silly. Yeah. I didn't work much, but I was traveling a lot, so I'm still tired and everything. But, yeah. It's you're, all good. you're one day away from the dream. Zero day work week. <laughs> you're close to living that nope, dream. this week. Like full, full week. So close. Full week. Oh, you got the Srixon hat. I was I played golf yesterday over at Lakewood Country Club, mm-hmm. um, and I used a Srixon ball, and I felt yeah. nubs. Well, let me just say this. I don't know anything about their products. It's a terrible brand name, in what? my opinion. <laughs> Srixon just doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't. Say anything about what the product is. It's a bad brand name. I don't know. In my opinion. I think I got, I think I received this case like as a gift. Yeah. Of balls and their Srixon. Sure. I know the golf snobs, they mm-hmm. like to play their Pro Vs. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> Srixon makes a very high-end ball. They actually, actually really? make some really uh, high-end golf clubs too, but I'm not here to defend it. You guys can call <laughs> it whatever no idea. you want. <laughs> I could care less. I just think it's a, it's not a great brand name. Like there yeah, are good I brand don't... names, there are bad brand names. Like Coke. Good brand name. Apple, really good brand name. Srixon. No it's just hard to say. Is it's just, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. I it does, it they still make good products, though. I'm sure they do. It's all good. So sure. it's not and a nubs been golf ball. I'm sure the dimples well, on their golf have, balls are comparable. Like the everybody, they have variations, right? But they have like a tour end type of No, it's a good brand name. Titleist. That's a great brand name. That one is not. It's, yeah. a, it's actually a decent logo for as bad as a brand name is. Right. But... This is just my two cents. I, I just, you know, whatever. I'm I just like it's a freebie it. that you got. No, no, no. It's not a freebie, oh. but I did find a place where I could get a bunch of stuff at mm. a discount. And I got 
I'm getting good deals on these hats. Very good. I like them. All good. Any traveling issues this past weekend? Uh, other than a pothole that uh, <laughs> felted my, you know. Oh, did, did I it did. crush I, your tire? Really? Crushed my tire. I, I left. I left my buddy's house at 4 a.m. yesterday. You guys don't know, don't know this. I left at 4 a.m. so I'd be home by 9 o'clock or so, 8:30, 9 o'clock. It's 6 a.m. as I'm on the turnpike approaching one of the toll booths. I hit a pothole <clears throat> gently. <laughs> Didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Immediately, my tire pressure monitor goes oh. on. Mm. I think, you know what? It's just cold. It's just got a yeah. little jarred. No big deal. I keep <laughs> driving. It's getting, and I have run flats, so it kind of keeps it going a little bit. And then it just, it's getting louder mm. and louder and louder. And I'm feeling a little hint of a pull. I say, you know what? I'll do it. I don't want to do it. Let me just check the tire pressure monitor. Oh, yeah. Left front tire, zero pressure. <laughs> got to pull over. Oh, wow. Get over it. Luckily, I was right near a rest stop. And here's the problem, though. When you're coming back from somewhere, it's 6 a.m. on the Jersey Turnpike. Yeah. Nothing's open. Yeah. Mm. Good luck. So uh, I had to wait till 9 a.m. I mean, obviously, the, you know, the AAA came out and helped me, and the, and the uh, New Jersey Turnpike roadside assistance mm-hmm. helped me. But you can't get any work done on your tires until at least 9 a.m. Right. So I'm sitting at McDonald's for hours, <laughs> just wasting time. Because you thought you were going to be home by, I don't 8 know. 8.30 or something. Yeah, 8.39. Yeah, I didn't get home until 2-ish. <sighs> and I still have a donut. I'm driving on a donut. That's, <laughs> That's a... embarrassing, driving on donuts. What are you going to do? But like, at some point, you have to. And here's the problem. You don't have a donut today, do you? Yeah, because I haven't dealt with it. Current donut. I came home yesterday. What a you don't have a spare? That's brutal. They, I guess they're calling it a spare but it's a donut. Does it look like a donut? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because here's the thing. <clears throat> Why didn't you My, go to an NTB or a place like that? I did. As because tires? our tire, this tire is so large. Mm. The guy from the tire place said nobody carries this in stock. Oh. Yeah. It tells you it's so expensive. <laughs> you got to get it straight from. I got to go to the dealer. Yeah. Yeah. And all the dealerships in Jersey, BMW <clears throat> dealerships in Jersey, were closed on Sunday. Um, were I mean, you by was, yourself. Hundred percent. Oh, that's brutal. But you know, what are you gonna do? It's joy. It's the joy of travel. Did you at least get a McGriddle or some other delicious McDonald's no, you breakfast know what I got? sandwich? I got one of their foofy coffees, oh, which I've okay. never done from before. the McCafe. I'm of not a yeah. I'm not a coffee snob. Mm-hmm. I just I put regular old creamer sure. in my regular old coffee. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I had two hours to kill, mm-hmm. so I said. Let me try one of those caramel mocha thingies. Caramel like, macchiatos, maybe. It wasn't a macchiato. A is, okay. is a macchiato a cold? I don't. I don't do iced coffee. Mm. I just want a regular. Yeah, macchiato coffee. generally served ice. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. I don't want an iced coffee. Yeah. Some of those coffees taste like a dessert. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was like four hundred calories. What's a regular coffee? Right, by about two hundred. Hey, you know what? You had a tire blow it out. You, you deserve to splurge. With it. I was in there <laughs> with the homeless people that were catching, you know, thirty minutes of sleep. Oh. I mean, uh, yeah. That's that's two consecutive weekends you've had issues, travel issues. Yeah. I uh, swore off low-profile tires. <laughs> I swore them off. But Mike gave me such a beautiful car that I looked past it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, this X5 is unbelievable. Yeah. And the tires are massive. So right. I thought because they're so big, yeah, you got it would be an tires. issue. Yeah. No, no, no. Low-profile tires yeah, they... are a nightmare. <laughs> I know. I've got them, too. Have you had an issue yet? Yeah, remember when I... Popped two of them on the toll road. Oh, that just happened with you. Yeah. Well, this was a few years ago, but no, no. I, my you... last car that had low profile tires, I popped. I popped them like four or five <clears throat> times. Yeah. 
I might just go to I might just go to Mike this week and say, dude, swap if it's possible. Can we swap out all the tires? I'll pay. I don't care. I just want regular. Put grandma tires on it. Yeah, <laughs> just makes the vehicle look so much better. It it looks amazing, but they just they don't hold up, man. Mm. In general, that's just brutal, man. To sit there for three hours just waiting. You know stranded. what? I have a friend that's dealing with a major health issue. Well, I, I I kept reminding myself, this is nothing. Yeah. Perspective. Yep. This is nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, this, you, you might think about that for about three seconds, and then you start thinking about your current situation. That pisses you off yeah. even more. Believe me, I complained when I got home, but in the back of my mind, I constantly was thinking, you know what? This is no big deal. Mm. I saw you guys won. Yep. Big win. Big win. The 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 Red Foxes. <laughs> the young Red. My son is like one of the older guys there. Fifty yeah. guys. Only like three back. of them. Um, it's a very young team, three and one start. To be honest with you, I thought we'd be zero and four at this point because it's all young. It's a good start. Oh, good. The boys are uh, the boys are balling. Big win over Hofstra. Very What's nice. the this weekend? Three and, one. three and one. Oh, nice. Three and one. Big win over Hofstra. Big battle of Long Island. Uh, ton of people out there. Ton of alums. It was really really cool. Stevie buried a couple, so we had a great time. Nice. Speaking of a ton of people, I went to Cagezilla on Saturday night in Manassas. Those are our people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Manassas oh, yeah. has always been <laughs> bread and butter, Hotbed. junkies country. How many yeah. people recognized you? I went with my son. Well, for the most part, I keep a low profile, but Kevin yeah. Schaefer is kind of a big deal over there. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Kevin, Kevin run, run that town. He's got like his jacket on. He's walking around. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he was really kind uh, to us, showed us kind of the behind the scenes broadcast there. Went up in the broadcast booth. They have a guy who's ranked in the top 15 in the UFC in, I think, the lightweight division. doesn't matter what division. Was he it was the color commentator. Was it broadcast like pay-per-view? It's or? broadcast on a stream. On a stream, okay. On a stream. Hmm. Um, but it was like 2,000 people there. And, you know, my son got to see all the broadcasting stuff. And then we saw the fights, and we we're sitting in the, the VIP area, which is right by the cage. You literally can hear the kicks to the head. Wow. I mean, it's so loud Mm -hmm. when these guys get drilled. Um, And Kevin had texted me. We got there after there had already been like four or five fights that they had all been knockouts early. I didn't see a knockout, but I saw a lot of guys tap for rear naked chokes or triangles. So it was a lot of fun and did meet a lot of people that came up to me. I've been listening to you for 20 years. I've been listening to you since you guys started on the weekends. Very nice. So uh, Very shout cool. out to Manassas and Kate Zilla. Met some cool people. Uh, Angel Ortiz, really nice. He's a, a former fighter who's a referee. Came over and talked to my son who's big uh-huh. into the UFC stuff. So had a good time. And, and, and I've, it's the second time I've been there. That used to be Operation Octagon like 15 years ago. Same where people run fought. it, essentially. And, yeah, they took over, but it's at the Salisbury Center, which is in a strip plaza. But then you go in there. I mean, it's a, it's a really good operation. So I had a good time Saturday night. Hmm. Very cool. Got back late, though. Jason was already sleeping for like four hours. I think I got <laughs> back around... 12.45. Saturday night, mm. yeah. I was probably in bed by no later than 9. Snooze. And, and Cakes had busted out of like four events already at that point? By Saturday night? Yeah, by late Saturday night, I was bu- I was in the process of busting out of my event, which was held at 4 p.m. on Saturday. And right. I busted out of that one at about 
probably 9 or 9.30. Were you yeah. in tears? Because a lot of people said Jason would be in tears because yeah. the Bonefish and Ashburn is closed. <laughs> no, I wasn't in tears because of that. I was in tears because I was running so bad. Uh, Rom was my my Rom mate. Oh, again? Um, Why are you yeah. doing that? He likes it. I did it to myself. I clearly did it to myself. You like it. And uh, I just I couldn't run any colder in the four events that I entered. But again, it's a that's a first world problem. Yeah. Boo hoo! The guy who gets free rolled into all the events. I was going to say. Well. And I, I reminded him that he never pays entry fees for tournaments. <laughs> Which is true. Don't Which is I saw Lee Childs won. Lee Childs was one of the special guest bounties. He made it all the way to the end. Heads up, choppity chopped it. Right, took for him. Seven like K in his pocket. Oh, that's awesome. So good for him. Good wow. guy. Long time junks listener, Lee Childs. Are you right. taking a break from uh, tournaments? You played three consecutive um, days, didn't you? I did, and the next Cakes Classic is March sixth. So that'll be my that'll be my triumphant return to the felt. Oh. Return to getting felted. So either, he's taking a one week a, break. A one week break. So what happened with the bonefish? Like uh, there was a bonefish at Poughkeepsie that just closed up, but it was a few years ago. Yeah, just like it was there one weekend, gone the next. Well, this particular bonefish in Ashburn has been struggling for a while. I think they ever went, since the corner club left. Corner club's been gone for a long time. <laughs> Big source of revenue stream gone. And I think they had some staffing issues. And I heard a bunch of complaints about customer service, right. quality of food. Um, so they, my daughter actually worked there. Um, I don't know, was it three summers ago? I think her senior year in high school. And she said, you know, she didn't like the managers. Right. Apparently, so there, there were a lot of issues at the Bonefish there in Ashburn. I think that's a rite of passage that if you wait tables or work at a restaurant, you, yeah. pro- you probably don't like the manager very much. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this particular manager, no one liked. <laughs> okay. But anyway, um, so I hadn't been there in a long time. Yeah. I used to love it. I mean, mm-hmm. I went there all the time. But I haven't been there in a long time. And um, apparently, this is what I heard, corporate called the GM. This would have been Friday night. Okay. And said, don't tell anybody that oh. you're closing up at the end of the night. You're locking the doors and right. you're done forever. Wow. So cool. none of the employees none of the employees knew. You know, yeah. There were probably 20 employees there. Yeah. And they just shut it down. And I'm guessing it's because they've been struggling, mm-hmm. not bringing any uh, revenue in, yeah. and they're just shutting it down. Mm. I know in Gaithersburg, <clears throat> one of the places I frequent is Corner Bakery. Yeah. They shut down. Mm. But I think that was a national level mm-hmm. deal. There was all filed for bankruptcy. I didn't understand this, but there's two, there were two TVs in the bar in in the Bonefish and Ashburn. Okay, uh, you know there were probably I don't know fifty five sixty inches, mm-hmm. and it's not a sports bar. Get it? But you know when you're sitting at the bar, you want to watch games or whatever. There was always one TV that is big streak right down the center. <laughs> of it. Okay, and it's it's been like that for years. Yeah, just crushed. Well, the TV's Felt broken. They can't. Fix TV's it. broken. Yeah. And broken all they had TV. to do was just come in, you know, get a TV, a cheap TV from Costco. Costco. Go to or, Costco, get a three hundred dollar TV and replace it. Yeah, it's fixed. And they never ever did. Yeah. And I don't know if that was because corporate said. Just don't. We're not spending any more money <laughs> right. on it. I just I think, think probably mean, people didn't care. Yeah, those managers had bigger fish to fry than the team. Obviously, they didn't. Bone fish. I like. Yeah, yeah. But they. Oh, sorry. They always like had it. that one. That one TV that just had that streak right down the yeah. middle of the screen, yeah. and they never corrected yeah. it. That just well, goes that to show you. That probably transferred over into a lot of Correct. the other areas of the restaurant too. Yeah. Food quality, service, yeah. etc. <clears throat> Yeah, but pour, pour one out for the for the uh, bonefish yeah, and ash. Pour one out. And the bartenders that used to come here for our holiday show, our drinking show, Paul they were Dave. from the bonefish. Yeah, yep. but those guys are they, like. They've uh, been gone for a while. Yeah. But, yeah. but those guys always resurface. They found greener they, pastures. Well, they, they Most have. Bartenders <coughs> I know that are like long time. They just they work every restaurant in town right. over yeah, the yeah. course of their lifetime. Yeah. Or there's ones like. 
takes his brother, right. who've been in one spot for been 25 years. Yeah, but as soon as Applebee's closes, then it's inevitable. It's going to close. Ross will resurface. Yeah. yeah. He's a legend. That's what he'll do. And those guys did resurface at other places. Yeah. But they haven't been at Bonefish in a long time. Right. right. All right. Phone number you want to chime in throughout the show on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 800-636-1067. Same number for the Thompson Creek Windows text machine. You can text us throughout the show. Standard message and data charges may apply. You can always tweet us at Junks Radio. We'll get into some college hoops because March Madness, not that far away. Jerry Palm, bracketology expert for CBSSports.com, will join us at 8. Also, it is NFL Combine Week. Merrill Hodge, former Steeler NFL <clears throat> analyst, will join us coming up at 9.20. All right here on the Junkies. Welcome back. Junkies coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan. And the Team 980 in the DMV. A lot going on in the sports world this week. It's NFL Combine this week. Who will throw? Who won't throw? We'll get into that a little bit later. But let's open up the Junkie Sports page right now. Brought to you by Offenbachers. Visit them in Annapolis, Rockville, or Herndon. They have a huge selection of outdoor furniture, fire pits, hot tubs, and swim spas. A lot going on, actually. Um, I know we're going to get into the uh, the court storming thing with with Filipowski and Duke playing down at Wake Forest a little bit later, but that's the biggest story in college hoops, obviously from the from the weekend. Conference tournament starts next, I believe, Monday. So some of the smaller conferences are going to start next Monday. So the, big, the bigger conferences have two more weeks of regular season. You know, four, six, four to six games, call it. Uh, but some of the smaller conferences have two more regular season games this week, and then they'll start their conference tournament starting. Uh, next monday so it's it's here i mean it's going to be march 1st on friday these teams aren't going to make the tournament most likely but for the locals the terps got a win against Rutgers. terps got a and win georgetown got their second big east win well they barely beat the, they beat the paul yeah. paul missed a bunny layup at the end <laughs> that's God, hilarious what a bad those, combo team those two teams combined are in the conference are two and 30 Ooh. Um, so you, hard you times indeed and depaul's ofer they're zero yeah. and 16 you don't want to lose to depaul Hey, but um, Cooley doubled Ewing's win total. He did. He got got the win. <laughs> yes. um, and also props to uh, Coach Dwayne Simpkins and AU uh, and his team. They went up to Colgate. Colgate never loses at home. They're tops in the Patriot League. Patriot League. Coming into the game, they were 14-1 and in the conference. And AU, who's had some, a bunch of injuries this year, and they're about 500. I think they're 9-7 and in the conference, maybe 10-7. Maybe and seven. Go up to Colgate and beat him by a bucket. That's that's just a big win for Dwayne Simpkins mm. at American University. So I saw Patino had a big win for St. John's over the weekend too. After he was ripping into his team, yeah. saying they were unathletic, and yeah. he was having the most <laughs> unenjoyable year of his life. Yeah, and I'm Patino sure was saying that publicly. Yes. What a oh, yeah, maniac. he did. And uh, you know, maybe we'll talk to Jerry Palm about that. They're, I guess they're back on the bubble, but yeah, they beat a good Creighton team. Um, but the Filipowski thing with Duke. Everyone has seen it. I was watching the game live, saw the saw the issue, court storming. The ACC currently does not have any court storming fines. The SEC, I think, was the first to do it. They would do it for, for court storming, and it's 100000 for the first offense, 250 for the second, five hundred grand for the third. I don't know what's what the fourth offense is. Where but- does that money go? They find a team, probably like half charity, a million dollars. Maybe it, goes, maybe it goes to charity. I have no idea. I mean, a lot of like the NFL fines. If a, if a player gets fined for wearing his uniform incorrectly, that money goes into a big pool for yeah. char- charitable causes. Yeah. 
I don't know where it goes but on the, the college But level. the students don't care about the fines. They I mean, they're, care less. they're not getting fined. They, so you, you figure what can you do as a school to prevent it when you've got 10,000 kids who want to storm a court after beating Duke? Um, you know, I guess you can hire more security, but what, do you have 100 security guards around? That's still not going to stop, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of students. But Philipowski. And then you're bitter. Most of the time you're not going to have court storming because your team's going to win. Yeah. I mean, because court storming happens in the upsets. Yeah. But it so happens. Your team's going to lose. It happens all the time. I mean, it's, it's yeah. happened a bunch this year. And it happened on the women's side with Caitlin Clark. And, and when they, they lost to Ohio State, Ohio State fans stormed the court and she got knocked down. She wasn't injured, but not like Filipowski. So that's like the big story from college hoops this past weekend is what can schools do to prevent it? And I don't know what you can do, to be honest with you. If the kids want to storm the court, they can. You can threaten to kick them out of school, I guess, if you can identify them on video. I don't know what you can do. Only thing you could do because is the you fines... could do like a glass barrier like they have in hockey, which <laughs> yeah. you don't want. You don't want that, yeah. But you could do that. I don't think they'll do that, but I don't know, man. I mean, most of these conferences don't have stiff penalties besides the Southeastern Conference. But I'm sure the ACC will talk about it. I saw somebody online <clears throat> suggest a 30-second clock for the team that obviously got upset to mm-hmm. leave the court. And then, so like the students are waiting patiently, and then they can storm the court well, after thirty. Well, no, the problem, thirty seconds. The problem is, I don't know. if it's a close game, you're, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. if it's a one point game, you're right. not going to walk off the court with thirty seconds mm-hmm. left. If it's a twenty point, game? no, 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 not with thirty seconds left in the game. Like yeah. they would have like thirty seconds, like the buzzer. Then there's thirty <laughs> seconds, and just the the fans have to know you wait thirty seconds, and then well, they storm the court. A they ain't doing that. Idea. Yeah, they're not doing that. That's <laughs> I mean, insanity. <laughs> What what had happened earlier? I vaguely remember with Caitlin Clark, she was knocked down too. Yeah, is that what happened? That, that yeah. happened earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll talk to to Jerry Palm about that. Um, but again, conference tournaments do start um, next early next weekend or early next week. Hey, props to I got to talk golf. Props to Jake Knapp, mm. who just won the Mexico Open. This is kind of a crazy story. He he was a really good player at UCLA. He's a PGA Tour rookie. He was on a Corn Ferry Tour a few years ago. He had some serious injuries. He used to be a bouncer in a nightclub, mm. and he had some serious injuries. That's uh, weird. A golfer was a bouncer in a nightclub. Yeah. Usually those guys aren't, like, the biggest frame dudes. I know. He's not. I mean, yeah. he, I mean he's, he's jacked. He's in right, good shape, but right. he's not a big guy. But he had some injuries, and he missed a, a full season. Then he got on the Corn Ferry Tour, and he was playing pretty well. And, you know, for, for a good week, he would make twenty five, thirty grand. Mm-hmm. He gets on the tour, PJ Tour, and it wasn't a stacked field; it was a light field, but still, it's a it's a PJ Tour event. Goes out and wins. He's the third rookie to win on the PJ Tour this year. He wins one point five million. His life has completely changed because now he's going to go play at the Masters. Mm-hmm. He probably never thought he was going to play at the Masters. He's going to play in all the signature events, which are guaranteed cash, twenty million dollar purse events. He's got a two year exemption. On the PGA Tour, so you can play in all these these tournaments. Good for that dude. And um, what a glow his, up for his, him. his his life as a tour golfer has completely changed yep. with that win, Jake Knapp. And um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was, a, it was a cool story. Well, it's definitely when, a cool story. But you know what the cynic will say? And I love all underdog stories. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm all about this. And I think it's great. But the cynic will say, "Well, these are this is happening all the time because." It, Half of the best players are not on the tour anymore. Oh, okay, I agree. Yeah, but still, I mean, you got to play. Still got to do it. Well, it's not just 
it's not just the guys who went to live. I mean, most of the really good players don't play in these type of events. Right. Like who's going to play combo? The, who's going to play yeah. the Mexico Open? That's a Correct. huge name. Correct. Like that's a good opportunity. But that's why it's a good win. opportunity for guys like Jake Knapp yeah. to go out and change their life. You know, he, I mean, I think I saw some stuff online. I said I didn't watch any of this because I was traveling. I think he's got a big swing, right? He's a, he's oh, yeah, a big hitter. Yes. He's a big ball speed guy. But he hit he two fairways yesterday. Did hit it? two fairways. Doesn't matter. And you stay out of trouble. He, he was still able to win. Gets his 500 uh, FedEx Cup points. I don't know. I thought it was a cool story. Oh, yeah. He's the one who's – he, he goes way beyond yes. parallel. Yes. Way beyond, like daily. Correct. So uh, props to Jake Knapp. All right. Uh, spring training, the Nats – Played a couple games over the weekend, and I've been talking about James Wood. I was talking about James Wood th- three, four years ago when yeah. no one knew he was. I discovered f- him because he lived in Olney, so I've known. I've been on him before <laughs> right. you. So go up, but go ahead. You're right. second line. His buddy, his his dad, uh, Kenny Wood, is a friend of mine. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, he hit not one but two bombs over the weekend. Long ones too. Long ones. <laughs> yeah, he is got tall. Power. Oh yeah, he's six, he's six six seven. I think right. Yeah. Six six or six seven. Yeah. So he, so he hit one on Saturday night. He hit one again yesterday. Was it on this show where we were talking about the Nats? Where <clears throat> somebody said of all the young guys, the one everyone's talking about is Wood. He's yeah, the one everyone's. He's talking a top about. ten prospect yeah. in all of baseball. Dylan Cruz played a couple times over the weekend. I don't know how many bats he got. I don't think he got a hit. Mm-hmm. But James Wood hit two bombs. Um, so props to him. And Kenny, his dad, actually went, flew down there. He and his wife flew down there to go see these games. And the very first pitch he sees on Saturday, he hits a jack and pummeled it. Mm-hmm. So, Nats fans, you got to be pumped for James Wood and some of these younger prospects because um, you know, I'm not sure he's going to make the big squad this year, but he's definitely going to be there next year. By the way, did the Nats uh, spring training facility get a new name? Is it Travis Scott's? Seltzer I th- brand? <laughs> I think it did. I didn't see what it was, but I think I th- they did get a new name. I think that's correct. It's I think crazy. I saw him holding his can of seltzer with a big uh, backdrop behind him outside of uh, what used to be their, I don't know what it, what it was even called, if it had mm-hmm. a sponsor name. Did you guys do a whole bit last week about the learners not selling anymore? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Wow. We'll see what we'll see what happens. All right, the Cats. Most people believe that's a bad thing. We had a poll. Yeah. I want to say around 85%. I could check at Junks Radio. Yeah, they're not around 85% happy. say bad that the learners aren't selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to be excited for some of these prospects. I know they're just prospects, but I, know, I think, think James Wood's going to be a good one. I think Wood would get at a minimum of September call-up this year. I hope. At a minimum. That'll be very cool. If he keeps doing that, he might get a March call-up. Yeah, June <laughs> or July, yeah. <laughs> now, the... Caps played over the weekend. They lost to Florida after winning three straight. They lost in overtime. So they did get a point sure. on Saturday. That points in four straight. That's good. You'll take three points out of a possible four for the Florida uh, Correct. two-step. Correct. And so the they've Tampa got 61 points. They're six points back of Philly in the Metro, which is the, the last team in the Metro. That's what I'm focused on ever since Joe B said yep. that is really the path. Because yeah. they're eight back in wild card. Six back of Philly, mm-hmm. three games in hand. Philly's played three more games. Three so games theoretically, if you There's... win all three games that are in hand, you're tied. And they also yep. have two head-to-head matchups with Philly before the end of the season. Ooh, One yeah. of them, I think, I think is in the next three games. And the final game of the season is against Philadelphia. Yeah. So it can all come down to the last game of the season, potentially, 
for that for that it last could. playoff spot. So they're still keeping us interested with the 61 points. They play tonight against Ottawa. Ottawa. Low, low this this is a must. This is a must a win. Must two points at home. Ottawa has 53 points. They are eight and 15 on the road. They're one of the dregs. Games of, here, correct? Of the East. Yeah, it's that Capital One. Games okay. here. They're eight and 15. You got to beat Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I know it's hockey and anything can happen, but you got to beat Ottawa tonight. Chucky's clearly their main goalie now, right? He's the number one Chucky goalie. Chucky seems to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And they have been scoring a little bit more. Now, they only scored two against the Panthers, but lately they yeah. have been yeah, scoring like more three games prior and Lindgren's like their primary goal. Four, five, and six goals. I don't know if it's in that order, but, yeah, they it had some out, offensive outbursts of mm-hmm. late, so hopefully they can keep that up. Um, we did win our... Our ten dollar to ten grand bet on Friday night. The double Wizards, double for Chet. Excellent. And we kind of called this game. They we got the double double barely. We got the ten boards, yeah. which was awesome. Uh, the Thunder beat the Wizards by, I think it was forty one. I don't know what it was. The final. <laughs> I think it was, was one forty seven, one hundred six ish. I was watching a little, and I think at the half, I I, I mentioned this last week. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for West Hall. And Tony Massenberg <laughs> and the guys that have to do the halftime bit, Glenn Consor, whoever's doing halftime, because mm-hmm. they try and find a couple positives, and oftentimes the team's down by twenty five or thirty already. Yeah, well, they lost again yesterday or last night. Hey, they I'm lost sure to the, the Cavs. The first thing they said is Jordan Poole had thirty one off the bench. Right, that was <laughs> last. <laughs> night. Yeah. He was right. he's back. He's, he's back, back, baby. Koulibaly got hurt. He, What's his deal? Injury. He heard it. He's hip flexor, I think. I think he was going up for a dunk, and he came back, came yeah. down awkwardly, like on his back and his hip. He played. Didn't he look great. Only played six or seven minutes. Maybe your boy Johnny Davis is so bad. Yeah, wow. I call that. And it's uh, you, you kind of want to give a kid a chance. Uh, same thing. I've been saying. I'm a little bit nervous I about Koulibaly. It took one summer league game for me to see that he mm-hmm. sucked. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was him. I, I, look, I just kind of check in and out with their mm-hmm. games. And he had a three-pointer blocked. Mm. You never see guys get their shot blocked when they're taking a three. He's got a weird hitch in his shot now. What, they changed his shot? I think so. Well, he was never a perimeter, a real perimeter threat well, he in was always Remember they drafted him with the idea guy. that he was a dog, yeah. that he was a dog on defense, that <laughs> he was an athlete. That was a Tommy and... Shepard pick, right? Yes. <laughs> Look, just throw it on the pile of bad, of bad Wizards draft picks. I mean, I feel bad for him. I yeah, feel bad, too. I feel bad for people that don't live up to their potential or they have this ability or there's too much expectation. I feel bad for him. His confidence is completely shot. He has to be in the toilet. Yeah, of course. So they, they've lost 11 straight. They're 9-48. and 48. Second worst record in the NBA by one game. <laughs> by by one, one game. game. That's how bad. They the could p- end up with the worst record in the NBA. <laughs> well, yeah, but they've lost 11 straight. GP. That's what that is. They, they've lost 11 straight, and they still don't have the worst record. <laughs> That's how are, bad the Pistons they are. They are trying. They're yeah. doing their best to catch the Pistons. So um, it's just a dreadful year. But, you know, it's a tank job. It's a tankathon. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple of uh, NFL things. I guess everyone's talking about the Cam Newton video. I just saw this this morning. I, I guess there was. Does he have a son or is he coaching that's in a seven on seven youth league uh, football league I think somewhere? He's coaching. I don't know if he has a son involved. In oh, okay. All right. But he got, he got into a fight uh, caught on video, of course. I don't know who started it. I don't know. If... From what I read, he was breaking up the fight and mm-hmm. then somebody clocked him from behind. And then all hell broke loose. Somebody came in sucker punch. And I then it looked like he just was. I 10 seconds of it, and I was bored. He had like four or five guys around him. I but did somebody see said some people... he handled his business, though. Like, yeah. he kind of dispatched of each one. Oh, yeah. He had, like, dudes coming up to him. He was just like, he had, <laughs> he had one dude out with his left hand. Yeah. He, had, he just keeping dudes uh, at, at arm's length. I saw somebody yeah. jocking him that 
he was able to do all of that and keep his hat on. Dude, his wa- hat didn't get knocked and off. They said after he was very unfazed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was walking behind Cam Newton at Reagan Airport when he was making his trips to teams mm-hmm. before he was drafted number one. Beast. He's like the largest human I've ever seen. Yeah. I couldn't imagine running up and trying to hit that dude in the head. Well, you realize how crazy <laughs> you must be? you got to be nuts. You have to be insane. Yeah. If I'm going to come up and sucker punch you, you're, you're going to be smaller. Yeah, than way smaller. I'm yeah. sure the level of the flag football, the seven-on-seven flag football, was far greater than the level that I coached. But I had some tense games, like in championship games, and parents can get fiery. They can start yelling at referees, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. Dude, it happens in youth league games of all sports all the time. People are nutty. Yeah, so. Thankfully, it's not happening in first grade CYO basketball. I had a doubleheader on Saturday. The referees don't call anything. You could literally run with the ball from one side to the next or have a quadruple dribble. They're not going to call it. And we we, good. we did talk girls. about this last week, too. Uh, apparently, uh, according to reports, and I guess um, Shannon McCarriston was reporting this yesterday on CBS Sports, that the, there are multiple teams interested in Eric, Eric Bickle's boy, Sammy Howe. So we'll see. We talked about it last week. What would you take for Sam Howe? Can you get a fourth rounder for him? I, I'd be surprised if you can get anything higher, but... There are multiple teams interested, so we'll see what happens. He showed a lot of promise. I don't care what anybody says. He he folded down the stretch, no doubt, but he showed a lot of promise. I, I could see why a team might want to acquire him. I don't know what he's worth, but I could see why a team would want to have him as somebody they might not try to develop. Well, look, if you want a guy who can, you know, he's not going to lead you to the playoffs more than likely over 17 games, but he's a certainly a big quality backup. I mean, I, I don't know that I would write him off and just say we already know his career arc, but maybe we do. Maybe it's over. No, no, look, maybe if if he had two or three-year stretch where he was a starter, he could get better. But, I mean, I, don't, I doubt people are going to try and trade for him as a starter. Hey, and the guy who shares yeah, your initials? Somebody to groom him. The guy who shares your initials is now 3,000 3, miles away. Well, this is, exactly, this is exactly what I thought what he should do. Go to college and be an OC. Right. Assistant head coach, too. Yeah, well, they got to give him that title. <laughs> nice title. More That's money. the title that you love. Yeah. All right. Got to take a break. If you want to chime in throughout the show, 800 636 1067. Coming up next, Saturday Night Live was in the headlines. We'll tackle that here on the Junkies. Welcome back, Junkies. Come to you live on 1067 The Fan and the Team 980. I got to tell you personally, I am more familiar <clears throat> with comedians that have been around for a while yeah. than. Kind of these new up and comers, mm-hmm. and sometimes these new up and comers they'll blow up in a year or two. Sure. We were talking about it. Nate Bergazi, he didn't sell out, but he sold over twenty four thousand seats on Thursday night and Friday night between Capital One Arena and Eagle Bank Arena. It's pretty good. <laughs> and up until a few months ago, I didn't really know who he was. That Ditto. might be on me. So I did see. I did see his Netflix special. He's very funny. And I, yeah, I, I think would, he's good. I would definitely consume his content. I think he's good. I watched some of his Netflix special. Yeah. Um, but Shane Gillis is another one, a guy who's kind of blown up the last couple of years, and I'm just not that familiar with his catalog. Um, he got a lot of notoriety because he was hired to work on Saturday Night Live, and then five days later he was let go because they went back and found ethnic slurs in some of his <clears throat> comedy. But he actually returned to Saturday Night Live, which is a big deal. They're looking for buzz. 
So they brought him on as the guest host. And I watched his monologue. It was good. He talked about Down syndrome a lot. I guess his niece has Down syndrome. Okay. That's what he's claiming in the bit. I don't know if it's real or not. But. I don't know. <laughs> that's his bit. He always <laughs> talks about Down syndrome. Okay. That's what he's most known for. So that's for. his cornerstone yeah. of his act. Yeah, because <laughs> I believe some of his family members do have. I think okay. he's multiple maybe have. Okay. And his, he dodged he, it. The, he kind of looks like he has Down syndrome. Yeah, like, that's, that's kind of that's, his bit. And so he does okay. like facial expressions and mm. things like that. Uh, but everybody was super excited for it. Uh, waiting until Saturday night. I know Valdez stayed up late. I stayed up late. A lot of people stayed up late just because it was, I think, the beginning of the season, too. And everybody was just like, they fired him. And now he's coming back right. to do the show. And he's got, I mean, he's blown up probably uh, because of, of t- all the short-form videos on Instagram, mm-hmm. YouTube, shorts, TikTok, all that, where people are just consuming his content I mean, like ev- crazy. every other meme I see on, on Twitter is the video, the short clip video of him Pointing the gun at people, and then he puts the gun in his own <laughs> yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's all I see that all over Twitter. Like if you don't know who Shane Gillis is, that's him. Huh. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a big file on him. I know he's super famous. I know that he got fired. I knew he was doing the bit. I know it was like super politically correct, uh, politically incorrect. Um, what was the reception for it? Did it go I well? His, I thought his monologue. Or, I or watched. Were they just like sitting there muted? I, saw, I watched the yeah. monologue, which was eight minutes. Yeah, eight or nine minutes. Because it was like and shocking to people. Right? It was okay. It, it, it seemed like the crowd was uncomfortable. I, and then, I, then I just heard that the skit sucked. Maybe, maybe it's me, but I, I guess I want him to go more scorched earth. I oh, guess yeah. against SNL. And then I stayed up for the first two skits. Sounds like he did the right thing, though, by going a little bit scorched earth in a monologue. It, it, I, want, I wanted it a little more. A few more. of the skits um, that I saw made me chuckle. Yeah, like a, so the, fir- <laughs> the first couple skits, yeah. they were very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, That's when the I woke up. Saturday Night Live. But then I, when, I woke up, late, yeah. when I woke up, I watched all the other stuff that I'd missed. And that was funny. The spoof oh, really? of like the DraftKings and FanDuel that that was funny. I think it was that called was Rock Bottom Kings. Rock was Bottom funny. Kings, yeah. That was mm-hmm. funny. And where he's wearing the the Trump basketball shoes. Trump skit was, was funny. Bu- was <laughs> funny. Sorry, it, was, it was unbelievably funny. Yeah. So those those hit. And I'm sure others, you know, missed. But th- those were pretty funny. Don't breath until people actually start to believe it. Now he gets whatever he wants. Mr. Mitchell. <laughs> Everybody's saying I should have your office because my cubicle is a disaster right now. Well, can I have a minute to gather my things? Bye-bye. He gets whoever he wants. Wow. That was the most fantastic lovemaking you've ever had. Not really. It only lasted... Two hours. That was a two-hour love session. You had a big O in there, a very big O, but... I did? Oh. Want to go again? I'd love to, but you're too tired. <laughs> God, made me laugh. Maybe I'm a simpleton. I, don't know. I think I need to see it. I need to see it. But the reviews, all, all the, you know, the critics and the people writing stories for... Yeah. They're they're killing his performance. Sure, they said he bombed, and the audience didn't laugh. And that's what I. It's an an indictment on uh, Saturday Night Live. I feel like. Like, Well, I I, you know it just sucks because when I read it, I was like, you're not allowed to make fun of anybody anymore. They're they're literally trying to kill comedy, and like, who can you make fun of? I don't know. Well, that's why. uh, That's why everyone was Nate Bergazzi because he's Nate Bergazzi because he doesn't offend anybody, and Mm -hmm. I mean he's selling out Cap Cap One. It's an age-old argument. It's happened for 20-some years. What's the other real more. popular uh, comedian you went to see, the Italian dude? He has, he's in movies now all the time. Oh, Scalco. Scalco, yeah. yeah. Is, is he controversial in his in his sets, or is he pretty? He's a storyteller. Yeah, he mostly so, just talks about no. his life. Yeah. No. Yeah, I he think curses. He's, pretty, he's very he's PG. Corporate oh, yeah. 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 I'm not yeah. talking about that, but. 
the Packer sex toy uh, skit was. I don't request. really know Nate Prakotsky, uh Drab. Oh, I thought I thought you did. No, no, I just know I, that he's become super popular. He's I very was, clean. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I watched some of his special like <clears> in the past week because I knew he was coming to Capital One, and I was thought about go, thought about going, but it was Thursday night. I feel like I need to watch the Green Bay Packers skit because I guess it was so upsetting to people in Wisconsin that, like, that they didn't even air it in Wisconsin. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Well, I saw it over the hysterical. weekend. People were pissed. I saw over the weekend. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm, in the, I'm in the tank for Larry David. Yeah. And I watch Kirby Enthusiasm. And I saw this clip. He was a writer on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And he got so bitter because they never used one of his sketches. <laughs> and then... The Seinfeld episode where George gets fired, yeah, and then Kramer tells him, "Well, just, he's regretting." He says, "Just show up to work like nothing happened." <laughs> right. Was based on Larry David that he got fed up because every time he would write a skit, and the last second they would chop it out mm-hmm. like right before the show. So he told off Dick Ebersol at the time, like mm-hmm. just cursed at him. Was like, mm-hmm. "I'm out. I'm done." Walked home, <laughs> and then his roommate at the time was Kenny Kramer, the real life Kramer. Okay. Said, because he was, he realized how much money he was giving up. And he was mm-hmm. like, "I'm foregoing all this money," um, and he said, "Just show up to work on Monday and act like nothing happened." And that's what he did. <laughs> it's a great bit. Mm. That's what we're going to do. He's when, actually when appearing. Fired, show, up. show up. I'm going to be there. <laughs> like He's it. appearing at the anthem, ah, Larry David, okay. on March 28th, I believe. Nice. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm all for any politically incorrect humor. <laughs> I probably like it all. Like, I, 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 that's my. That's thing. what we grew up on. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I like it. I think that's funny, and yeah. it's okay. It's not hurtful. Yeah, I mean, it's, we grew up with just like to make you laugh. The tail like tail end of Richard Pryor yeah. and Eddie Murphy and Sam Kinison, mm-hmm. and you know yeah. people like that. I, I don't. Those know. guys would have no shot now <laughs> yeah. if you if you haven't seen him. Like he's really he's not offensive. He's actually very very charming. But he just you he just sometimes. <clears throat> Uses words, or if you talk about guys with Down syndrome and yeah. make jokes, people are going to get offended. Right. But he's very sweet and charming. When did actually. we stop being best friends? <laughs> and she's right. We used to be best friends. You remember that when you were a little boy and you like you loved your mom and you thought she was the cool. You remember when you were gay? <laughs> you remember when you were just a gay little boy? Every little boy is just their mom's gay best friend. There's literally zero difference. Hmm. I thought you were playing. Was that that laugh track or was that the actual? That was the audience. The next part, though, he says when he he stopped being his mom's best friend, right, was when he discovered himself. Yeah, well, yeah, that could could take some time away from your your mom hangout time. (laughs) I I would assume. (laughs) He said then it was all about when's mom leaving. Sure. (laughs) Hey, so you know who's hosting SNL next week? Uh, Sydney Sweeney. You think I don't know that? You think it's not on my radar? You guys were talking about. (laughs) He discovered her. Yeah, Yeah, I discovered her. I can't believe uh, jumped on late. I can't believe that Saturday Night Live is still a thing, knowing that generally speaking, it's so far from what it was. People are still watching it. Apparently, that's crazy. These guys are staying up until midnight. More often than not, and I don't watch it frequently. But more often than not, if I do watch it, most of the skits, I, I feel like, you know what, they're just too smart for me, or, I, you know what I mean? They're just kind of like duds mm-hmm. for me. Most of them. You know, maybe they're, they're just sketch people, and they're just smarter, and I'm just yeah, too stupid for it. I'll take your word for it, because I haven't watched this SNL skit in years. Right. Yeah. I do once or twice a year. There might be some famous The heyday episode. of my viewership was when Martin Short was on it. Sure. John Lovitz. Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. Yeah. yeah. I was... might check it out. They have a musical act that I'm into or something. Yeah. But 
I wasn't even home. I believe it's a double combo of Sweeney and Billie Eilish. Oh, Billie Eilish. You're into Billie Eilish. (laughs) Busty Central. (laughs) It's a lot of busties. Yeah, Billie Eilish has been hiding those videos for years. This is baggy shirts. Yeah. Not fooling anyone. 800-636-1067 is the number. Coming up next, what can we do about all the court storming? Welcome back. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. In Richmond, you can check us out on 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. And we're streaming live on the Odyssey app. Take us on the go with that Odyssey app. We appreciate that. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. We're presented by Crop Metcalf, the official heating and cooling company of the Junkies. Looking to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber. Visit CropMetcalf.com, and you can join their team. Coming up at 720, we'll give you the latest on some of the quarterbacks who may be drafted very high and drafted by the Washington Commanders. I'm seeing more and more scouts with different takes. It doesn't seem universal as to who should be number one, number two, number three. You know, it's great. So we'll did, get you into see, that. did you see Kurt Warner's? I know we're going to get into the whole thing, but... Uh, he was tweeting about he was evaluating the top yeah. quarterback prospects. We're going to talk about that coming up at 720. You got Kurt Warner chiming in. I saw this. You just talk about how difficult it is. <clears throat> yep. I saw this guy. I think it's, uh, I don't know exactly the, the the Twitter handle, but he was a scout for the Jets, and he's making some waves. He He thinks Caleb Williams is like a fourth rounder. That's his grade on Caleb Williams. So wow. he has some interesting takes. So we'll get into that coming up at 720. But Jason mentioned in the sports page earlier, right around 620, that the biggest story, at least in the college basketball sports world, this weekend was the court storming incident. So Duke was upset. And pretty much when you beat Duke, you storm the court. Unless you're at Cameron Indoor and you're winning a home game. Right. And so Wake wasn't storming the court when they beat Pitt. No, no, because it doesn't matter as much. <laughs> so Wake beats Duke. They storm the court, and Duke's best player suffered what a sprained ankle, rolled his ankle mm, in the court. Either that or a knee. I didn't see the updated injury. I thought it was an ankle, but could be wrong. Hope it looked like it, it looked like he broke his leg. I mean, the way they were carrying him off the court, but mm. it, yeah, he was not in good shape. And so <clears throat> you get this discussion. More and more because it does seem like there are more incidents. Jason mentioned the Caitlin Clark incident earlier this season. And it's, well, what do you do? I will say this. Personally, I stormed a court or field once. I can't even remember the game. I think I stormed Bird Stadium once when Maryland had a big football win. Okay. I 100% did. It might have been a win over UVA at night. Could have been. I, and it's as, for, as from a student's perspective. Me, it didn't happen very often. It's fun, sure right? It yeah, yeah. I think it only happened I've once. I've never seen the football field was, at Maryland stormed. I think I was a freshman at in Maryland. person. So you're talking about 1989-ish, probably yeah. 88, 89. But I, I can't if, remember exactly. Terps, I, I do remember. If the Terps would beat like 
Michigan or Penn State on their home field or Ohio State. Like if they if Piggy hadn't overthrown the guy in the yeah, end they're zone, storming they're, it. Yeah. They're storming the, the the field that day, and it would probably have killed Urban Meyer. Well, court storming day. is all the rage, especially in college hoops, because it's fun. Everyone has their phones out. Right. That's what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. filming it. Sure. All these kids are running out with their phones, and they want to film. You know, their line uh, to the players. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to the players, they want to film the players. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, f- for putting it on social media, all these kids are doing it. First of all, they're, and they're all drunk. And they're getting out there and they're, <laughs> they're just being college kids. But it's becoming more prevalent these days because of I social have to media. Say, I are don't they all see drunk? Any... Well, I mean, you think they're not. At a football game often. <laughs> You know, I, I want to say college kids don't drink. I, I know, but I don't know that they're always drunk for all these court storming things. It's just fun. Like I don't, re- I, I vaguely remember um, storming the field, and I don't know that I necessarily was drunk. It's just like you pulled off a big win and you're just having fun. Well, you weren't, but, well, but JP, he's, he's making a generalization. Kids. A lot yeah. of pregame. Yeah. I mean, you think they don't pregame? They're not drinking. In I know, the dorms? but a lot of a lot of those, um, like the basketball arenas, I don't know that they can drink during the game. Well. They're drinking Whatever, sometime during the day. People okay. sneak it in. They're college I mean, kids. They, they I mean, do everything. Use yeah. your head. Um, <clears throat> the, I'm actually, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but I'm actually pro-court storming mm. because it is fun to do when you're a student. I don't have yeah. any huge problem with it as long as the yeah. opposing it's team fun. coaching staff Just don't run into somebody. punched or hurt. Don't it's, trip a player. Don't try to trip them on purpose. Don't yeah. be a douche. But it, it's kind of fun to storm a court. I get it. I'm pro-court yeah, storming. Yeah, well, they're all doing it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and... It's fine when no one's hurt, but when someone gets hurt, then it's a huge story. Yeah, what is well, the like, Bishop plan? You're going to solve it, Jason Bishop. You're going to solve. Yeah. I, I you're don't the know. Commissioner you, I don't know. College basketball. I don't think you can solve it. To be honest with you, um, you can find the schools out the yin yang, but the the students don't care. I would think that if you really wanted to completely eliminate it, there's only a couple ways, and this might not even work. If you, if the conference has said if you storm the court, it's a forfeit. You're going to lose the game. Right. Okay, that they, might do that, it. they would have to make that announcement before every Correct. game. And then the other thing is, if you want to threaten the students, you can say, look, if we identify you on the court, if we say there's no court storming, but you storm the court and we can identify you and you're kicked out of school, maybe that has something to do with it. Be but what are, out a lot of what are you going to kick out, 2,000, 3,000 kids? Yes, yeah, it just doesn't seem um, very practical. So I'll be honest that. with you, I mean, they're trying to find I these think schools. I fun. I'm, I'm pro court But most of these schools do not find the school or most of the conferences do not find the schools for court storming. Yeah, I mean that's what you look forward to. You you want to get a big upset win when you're there. As so a I don't fan. know all what these you can kids do. that are going to Alabama and all these big like, state schools like and everything. That's what they year, want to do. Last year when Maryland upset Purdue at Xfinity, yeah. massive court storming. It was yeah. a huge scene. Yeah, yeah everybody no, wants. That's what you're going to get. But everybody knows it's fun. But the players are not protected. That's the issue. So you got to well, figure out. You yeah. got to figure out a way. Don't be stupid. Don't run into the but players. They are stupid. <laughs> That's what's happening. That's why Caitlin Clark and Filipowski aren't getting injured because students are stupid yeah. and they're overrunning players. Get that's, off the court I don't think, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think you <laughs> this can. This is why it's an issue. I mean, I a lot of the, I'm, I'm sure so these pro. I'm so pro. I'm sure these coaches do tell their kids, "Hey, but you know that was a tight game. It's a four point game. They're mm-hmm. on the court mm-hmm. trying to you know make a play, trying to stay in the game. If it's a twenty point game, okay." If you run Leave into the a court. player and hurt a player, arrest them. Throw them in jail. I don't care. I like court storming. I like Look, it. I, I'm I'm not against it, but you do have to protect the players. Yeah, I don't if know you, how you do if it. you hurt someone, go to jail. I don't know how you do it. I, you know. I, mean, I think that's a good solution. I mean, when Creighton beat UConn a couple weeks ago, they had a line of security guards 
board, you know, uh, barricading like the players mm-hmm. inside the bench area. Right. All right. Now it was a blowout. Mm-hmm. So you know, if that was a one point game and they or they went on the buzzer, you're not going to do that. But they were able to get the security guards out in if front of the bench. If you have enough security, I've been at, I can't even remember if it's Bird any, or, or uh, Cole or if it's even at the Comcast Center, Finney, whatever the hell you call it. Um, where If they have enough security, they can hold you at bay. They can hold you at bay if you have enough. They weren't, well, they they weren't have, holding those kids out they didn't at Wake Forest. They didn't when, have enough. When I don't care how many you have. I'm, you got to have hundreds. You would need a 500 to 1,000 yeah. to yeah. hold them off. Did you hear Seth Greenberg killing Wake Forest and say he blamed it all on them? I didn't. All right, no. here, here's the idea. Sure right. that that doesn't happen. The Wake Forest administration dropped the ball. You have to have a plan in place. If you're playing this game and you, 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 you're expecting to win – You've got to hire extra security. You've got to have a plan in place to make sure these players get off the court safely, whether it's create a blockade with your security so the students on both ends can't get on the court, but you've got to have something in place. We played Duke, college game day game, uh, my next last year. Fortunate enough to win. The day before, there was a full plan and a meeting where they had exactly what was going to happen. If we're fortunate enough to win this game, X, Y, and Z. And you know what? Virginia Tech executed it absolutely perfectly. Wake Forest and their administration, shame on you, because you should have had something in place to make sure, most important thing, the security of the visiting team. Maybe they didn't expect to win. What was that's, the what I, that's what I thought. You know, I somebody, share the same brain. My brain is just you know full of holes. It just doesn't work as well as it used to. Seth Greenberg definitely was on the show many, many moons ago, and there was saltiness. Can anybody remember what the the root of that? Yeah, was? it was it was from me because okay. <laughs> um, you didn't like his attitude about something. Well, he was being snarky to you. He was being snarky. Don't you remember that um, we were talking about his season and the team? And, okay. Um, I don't know. I think I might have. You probably said something offensive to him. <laughs> probably talked to, told him how I, I bad thought, he was doing. I, I this can't year. remember exactly how it went down, but he um, he was very snarky, and I made a comment, and then I think we ended up hanging up on. Him. <laughs> he was thin skinned. Yeah. But he's probably struggling a little bit, and you probably mentioned it. Probably pissed him off. Before his yeah. daughters went to Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah, that's when, I, that's when I was anti-Tech. I was anti-Hokies. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember that was a long time ago. All my neighbors wear all this Virginia Tech know, gear. It's so annoying. And believe me, they always give me crap about <laughs> yeah, it. And I just sure. my response is people change. Right. Sure, you evolve. You have to Pe- adapt at times. People change. <laughs> Well, in two years, he won't be a Tech fan right. that much anymore. <laughs> no, I bet he still will oh, be. Because yeah, now be. he's got that affinity. He's been there. He's got relationships. Now, in this game, in this particular game between Duke and Wake, Duke was down two, and then they missed a shot, so they fouled with 2.9 seconds left to put Wake on the line. Wake made two free throws, so they're up four with about a second left. All right, if I'm... If I'm um, John Shire, I'm I'm pulling the guys off. At cause you're down four with the second left. You're not going to win the game. Then they try the length of the court pass, you know, hoping to get fouled on a three point shot. I get it, but I, I probably would have, you know, called them off the court then because your the chances of you winning that game are point zero 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 one percent. He kept them out, and then look, you can see all it's those a fast kids. courts. You can see all those kids getting ready to come out. I don't care. I understand where, where Greenberg's coming from. You could have had a million security guys. They're not stopping these kids. 
Maybe right. not you're that not, stampede, but I've been there before where they you're had. You're not stopping that. College Park Police. I'm sorry, you're just not. I've been at I've been at basketball game at Maryland where they've had College Park Police around. And they have like a little rope, and they're not letting you through. They're just not letting you through. They're not letting you on the court. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. I maybe if those kids already know. Look, they're standing. We, we there don't. With we a don't, we don't want to mess. We don't want to mess with the cops. But if you're just putting security guards there, no, security no, guys officers. in yellow jackets. Yeah. I'm talking about police. Right, that's different. Um, but then you have to go out there and, and hire them for two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how you do it. But well, anyway. if you're going to find a team five hundred thousand dollars, you probably can afford a budget to hire a few extra cops. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. ACC doesn't have uh, court storming fines. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just listen. If, if somebody, if somebody runs into a player, just throw him in jail. How many times though has a guy actually gotten hurt? Well, it's happened twice this year. With kind of, I guess I don't think Caitlin Clark was really over the hurt. years. She was knocked down. Games? I don't think she missed games. She was. She was knocked down. I think she was. People just were stunned. concerned at the time. I remember them being concerned at the time. Yeah. You know, court storming is part of the charm of college basketball. Yeah, even football. It's tradition. Yeah. I know you don't always keep every tradition. It's a pretty good tradition. And maybe Court storm like equals yeah. fun. And, and maybe there are some schools that are doing a better job than others. Yeah. But clearly it's the story of college hoops from the weekend because a kid got hurt. If he doesn't get hurt, it's not a story. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do. Yeah, it's, hard it, to, it's hard to keep thousands of kids off of a, a court if yeah, they really are, are you know, set in stone to get out there and celebrate. Sounds it. like our solution is accepted. That sounds pretty much kind of for me. Yeah, like kind of we're, we're kind of pricey yeah. doing business. Yes. <laughs> but I think each game is kind of unique in that there could be certain situations where you can pull the kids off. Now, that particular game was tight, so they were on the court until the buzzer. But if they're down 10 with a minute or a second left, then you're pulling them off the court. I mean, I, I think this is fair to say when you're that age, you're looking for any excuse to storm the court. It's yeah. fun. Like, you're desperate to storm the court. You're desperate to get a dub and storm the court. You um, beat Duke. Yeah. How many times Duke has beaten Wake Forest? <laughs> if you're a Wake Forest student, you yeah. usually get drummed yeah, by Duke. You need to celebrate that. Yeah. Because it might not happen again for a long time. Mm-hmm. You take advantage of Although it. I will say when, when Maris beat Manhattan for the MAC championship, and they they the, the Manhattan uh, security wouldn't allow people to storm the field. Mm-hmm. They were so bitter, <laughs> so bitter. But they had a fence that, that that kind of you know you needed to either climb the fence, and they stole guys. If you climb the fence, you're getting arrested, right? Or you go, and they wouldn't open the gate. But parents weren't allowed on the field. The the the, the you know fans weren't allowed on the field. The alums weren't allowed on the field, and they were so bitter mm-hmm. about it. And that's us across. I mean, there's you know maybe. A, Thousand people there yeah. for a big game, a lot. Anyway, so you want it, p- people like to storm the court. It's going to be a part of it. It's going to continue. Yeah, coming and up it, next, it is NFL Combine Week. We're hearing more and more about these quarterbacks, including opinions from a former Hall of Fame quarterback. That's next here in the Junkies. Welcome back, Junkies. Come to you live on one hundred six seven The Fan and the Team nine eighty in the DMV. Real quick before we get into the the draft stuff. Um, someone did remind me, and it's all coming back to me about the Seth Greenberg. Okay, there, there was a, a former Damatha player who played point guard for for Virginia Tech back then. His name was Nigel Munson. Okay, no, and, Nigel. and Nigel Munson 
at the time, he was pretty highly recruited, but he mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't playing a lot in that particular season for okay. some reason. And I asked Greenberg. I didn't start it. I asked Greenberg about it, okay. and I think he got very defensive and snarky and started saying, oh, what are you guys, uh, coaches now? Or, right. <laughs> you know, he made some sort of comment. Okay, got it. In his sarcastic, um, his sar- sarcastic way, but um, I then I got defensive mm-hmm. back, <laughs> okay. and I don't know. I think we started talking about movies or something. Maybe JP asked him about movies. Okay, and I think I said, "Well, um, you'll have plenty of time in March to go to a movie." Oh, <laughs> I did. I do remember saying that. So did we hang up on him? And, and then he got very bitter. He got very silent. Yeah, and he. I, I don't know if we hung up on him. I th- I think it just kind of ended. I mean, it is a good line. I mean, it's. I do it's remember not the that. best way to keep the combo going, but it's a funny line. By In me. our younger <laughs> days, we used to kind of get off on hanging up on people. I don't know if we hung up on them, but it just got so awkward like, that we, we just we ended didn't it. shy away from confrontation. Yeah, now we up. try to. Keep I almost it. want to say that was a recorded interview too, because we were doing it in the. I think we did it in a side. No, studio. No, I, I think that was, that was live. live. It, it was, was just live. Where we were, we were broadcasting. We were doing from, it live, uh, like Bill O'Reilly. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Right. but it's all coming back to me now. Got it. But that's pretty hard. That was probably <laughs> 17, 18 years ago. Has to be. Maybe longer. You just look and see when he was at Virginia Tech. Well, he was there from 05 to 12. So okay. he's Grab, been why is ESPN there a guy forever. on hold that says he's 50 years old and he thinks he could play in the NFL? I know. I just spent the entire commercial break talking to him. He was driving me nuts, but maybe you guys will. This is like so random. I'd it's love... so random that, that it's I It's interesting. To... All right. It's kind of interesting. I, and I, 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 I think pop... he's dead serious. I popped in there from? and I heard Drab just say, that's awful arrogant to think that you could do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't mind I mean, the you, guy being confident. Usually guys guys that actually are qualified to play and actually play in the league, they smash into the wall at around 29 or 30. So he's <laughs> saying add another 20 years to that, and he's good. All right, Mark, what's up, man? What's your deal? Hey, I fulfilled a lifelong dream today by driving out to Ashburn Park and speaking with the gentleman who at the gate about trying out for the commanders. I had on my Kendall Fuller jersey. I had on a Stars and Stripe bathing suit, sweatpants, and a baseball oh, cap a pulled up backwards. Yeah. Um, he told me I had to set up the interview. Did they immediately um, call the I, police on you? They should have. What's your size? <laughs> let's actually get your combine. Well, first what, of all, let's get your like, combine numbers. Me, he sounds like a white dude. I've, Thinks he can play running back I've in the league at 50? I'm 5'6". Five, You're 5'6". Five, 220. Right, you all met me at Bethesda Theater. 5'6", 220. How much can you bench? Uh, 225. Like, if you're in the combine, you put 225 there. How I many reps? Zero. <laughs> I, I know I can bench 100 pounds, um, which is not much more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is... Here, well, there's well, a little more. I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm starting as a baseball head coach. I won't um, say which school. On Tuesday, and I'm still going to try setting up this. I'm, I'm all of a sudden fascinated I, by this person. It's, he's, he's all about chasing his life dream. So he wants to be a commander starting running back. He wants to be a baseball coach, and he also wants to be a scout for the commanders. But don't, but it won't work his way up because he... Oh, so you're actually like a delusional human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. What do you do for a living, well, sir? As I said, I start on Tuesday as a head coach of a baseball team. You're actually going to be the head coach. Yes, I will be the head coach. I worked uh, in another program for two seasons, um, and then I've played rec ball, which you guys might play too. 
uh, the Ponce de Leon League. I played for about baseball league. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> for old farts. You are a loser, Ponce de Leon League is literally for old farts. <laughs> right. But I think guys throw like eighty-five to ninety in that. It league. doesn't matter. They're, they don't throw eighty-five to ninety. They're actually eighty-five or ninety. <laughs> no. I, I'm more interested in why well, he thinks you, he can be a running you back. Want what do you want to do? Talk about quarterbacking? Today? How's your speed? Look, if you want to be a running back, how's your speed compared to, let's say you were out there in a running race with their current running back, Brian Robinson. He How would, would you lose fare? by 30 yards <laughs> in a 40. He said he's I five, think six, that I would lose by 80 yards. I think I have 5 speed back when I was 18. Um, I, as I said, I don't have the right frame for it. I did play rugby for six seasons. And um, I am actually uh, have a gimpy knee, to tell you the truth. God bless uh, radio. So hold on. Of course I don't you understand 50. this. You're he just wants ADs. So hold on. You're being serious. What did he say he does for a living when you asked him? He's going to be he, a head he, baseball coach at a program that he won't name. I know, but like, is that your really only? Is that your only source of income is being a, a high school coach? That pays you about no, two I, grand. I run odd jobs. I ran Amazon uh, right before COVID. You ran I was Amazon. <laughs> so, okay, so it delivers packages. So that's fine. Right. A lot of people do that. Yeah, we all need that, right? And I uh, worked as a substitute at D.C. public charter schools. Um, I right. wrote a book. I was authored a book on WFT on their first season. And I'm sort of a sports junkie, too. Um, <laughs> even today, i Feel very, Where did he come very, from? What did the, what did, no, he came what from a mental asylum. We're not talking about the Kurt Warner, but we're showing the Kurt Warner thing. Because this is taking up the whole segment. What did the uh, security guard say to you when you arrived at the gate and said you wanted to try out for the team? Well, well laughed. he he said that, no, he's fine. He, was, he thought it was cool. I'm very business smart. He said uh, that I had to um, uh, set it up. And, right. and just, I, uh, was on the line Did you think us. you could just show up and try out? I was pretty certain it wouldn't happen, but um, now I have the knowledge that uh, I can try setting up. Dude, a, hey, can we do something? Uh, hey, you know, one thing you can, can do. We have him run some combine bits here. <laughs> can we have him come here? Got got it. Yeah, yeah. So mercilessly, we can yeah. have him out in the <laughs> parking lot and run a forty. He, he asked for a meeting with Adam Peters this morning. <laughs> can we? <laughs> he have he was, hey, Valdez, will you tackle him? Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, hey, Mark, tackle him. See if he can. Mark, one thing. One thing that they might respond to is a highlight reel. Would you be willing for us to put together a highlight yeah, reel, a which we highlight? could send a compilation? Yes, which we could send to Dan Quinn. Of course, of course, I would do that. You know, something that's good to know about, and I know this is quite off the subject. Do you know uh, the former actor? He actually is late. His name's Treat Williams. Yes. Sure, yes. yes, we yes. know of him. Yes, yes. yeah. Well, Treat Williams was a very gifted high school football player. And, you know, Treat Williams sings. He was in that musical. So what's your point? Yeah, yeah. are you trying to comp yourself to this guy? My point is is that I'm not the only person sitting on the couch trying to get off the sidelines. I know, but you're a hundred. You are. You are the weirdest person to call the show in a decade. Why don't you be like, listen, I'm even older than you. I'm 54. I'm just getting back into golf again. Why don't you pick up golf? Well, well, baseball really fulfills every. every I know, but it's oh, over for you in baseball. Yeah, I wonder what position he plays. What position do you play in baseball? 
Oh, I I know infield, outfield. Um, I tried some catching, but I'm left-handed. I couldn't pick it up last year, um, unfortunately. Um, I do have very good odds he throws like Kevin McCarthy. I feel bad for whatever team he's coaching. Yeah. <laughs> Are you coaching well, a public want, school I or private school? It's a public charter school. That's all I'll say. Oh, so it's like, like, like six kids, yeah, it's some like, dude's house. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... It's not a real all that, program. All I'll say is, is that um, when it comes to this country, I was just out of the country in Mexico. I was there for two days, two parts of two days. So and, you uh, left this country here. to go to Mexico for part of two days? <laughs> what? What? This is the what did you do there? Maybe ever. you went there to get steroids or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I went there uh, on a family reunion uh, type of trip. Did they like, let you in? Like, yeah, it's my sister. The uh, police officer did check my bag um, on return to Indianapolis, and, give, and everything went fine. Um, he asked me if I had a cash on me and if I had anything to declare. Who do you live man. with? That was my next question. Who do you live with? Your mom? I, Live with myself, but my parents were in Mexico. My brother lived in Mexico right. with um, with his wife and his. What part of town uh, do you live? Tell in? us more. Well, yeah, <clears throat> hold on. I I live up in northwest uh, northwest right outside of DC. Hold on, hold on. Northwest I, DC. Yeah. Now I also got a bird from Mexico, um, <laughs> a wooden bird that is, right. and his name's Ikao. And it's this beautiful, beautiful, colorful bird. Um, the Oaxacan Indians um, sell them. Hey, do you have any kids or anything? No way. Do I have any kids? No, I no. do not have any kids. Do you have no girlfriend or anything like that? <clears throat> I'm not going to talk about my private life in terms of that. I will say. You're telling us everything else that, about um, it. Are you a virgin? Am I a virgin? Yeah. Uh, I'm not. Talking about anything except to say that I have a nice guy. I'm, 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 I got money on Virgin. <laughs> yeah, that's Virgin, aka Incel. Huh? Yeah, you it's okay. You, yeah, it's a ball. It's I think, he, told, he told me he left Mexico after a day because it was too hot, but he wants to be an NFL running <laughs> back. I, well, well, what, you know, when you take the temperature in this country right now, we really have to start living our dreams out. We have some people think the American dream is dead. I don't. I ran for office back in 2018. Um, lost. Clearly, clearly lost. <laughs> Jack of all trades. <laughs> what, what office did yeah, you yeah, run yeah, for? Yeah. How many votes did you get? How many votes? 563 constituents. The smallest amount of votes in the Democratic primary. Um, <laughs> where, where were you running? DC. Barely. What were you running What's for? That? Yeah, what was the office? Uh, House of Delegates. You ran for the... I mean, you can't even get a House yeah. of Delegates spot? But you actually... Yeah, hold on. Dude, you got 550 votes? 563. The person who who sort of the... I wouldn't say the godfather of the district, but he's really well-liked. He has the same name as me, uh, same first name as me, and we both spell our name with a C. And so we... Uh, and when talking to my dad, we thought we were so they about people <laughs> voting for the wrong guy. Is that what it is? People thought they were voting for the other guy. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I'd like to run for president one day, so, yeah. Uh, How many votes do you think you get there? You got big plans? How many votes? Yeah, what's your platform? I don't know if I get one. What's your platform if if you're running for president? Would it be my platform? Yeah, Yeah, I'd love to know. Well, my platform right now would be to get rid of all the guns and bombs and wars. Well, um, JP will vote for you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got one. JP will vote for you. Yeah, me and Dan. It's like there's not a large amount of people that want to get rid of guns. Well, Well, it ain't happening here, brother. Thank God. It would be zero. (laughs) Go ahead. Gun violence isn't a problem, EB. People are the problem. People are the problem. Remember that admiral who ran with Ross Perot? I go to sleep on any other issue if it didn't involve that or getting. I'm going to sleep, I'm going to sleep now. Hey, how are you going to get that dream uh, the, uh, of running back to happen? What's your next step? Because we'd love to have my you next, in here, and we'll, we'll put together step. a little highlight reel. Well, I want to yeah, do a combine. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. We'll have him on the bench you downstairs. Two twenty-five. We'll, we'll see how many times you can bench a hundred. <laughs> You said you could do a hundred. hundred, I'm pretty sure. Do you know um, that? Honestly, do you know that? Sure. Honestly, if, if um if Micah Parsons tackled you, you die. Oh, do you know that at your age? Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't. You're know, willing to um, die? I don't know. The the His tryout's already dead. Huh? It could lead to they they could very very well say, "Hey, we like what you're what you're about, and we like you." To grab a cot like Charlie Cassery did, you know, and you mean when Charlie was, was twenty one, he was trying to be a scout. I would do anything in the organization. I think I apply. I would love to be, for like. Hold on for a second. I would uh, love for like a uh, psychologist uh, to call him. Oh in. yeah, because uh, he's got something with the commander. I don't recently. know if it's like a narcissist or if he's just got like some sort of delusions Delusion. of grandeur. Probably you got some sort of delusional George, disorder. Mark, I heard the, a birdie just told me that you got. Was it his Mexican birdie? It might have been. Uh, have you been banned from MGM National Harbor? I do not. Gamble in sports at all. But um, no, I've not been banned. I went down there um, for one time for Comic Con, but it was kind of strange or or Science Con or one of those. You probably have a big comic book collection, don't you? (laughs) No, no. no. Big reader. Probably has a different collection. Yeah. No, I gave away my baseball card collection for a steak and cheese. What was your big? What was your prize? What was your prize baseball card? Uh, Ricky Henderson, nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Tom Ricky Henderson. Right. My prize football card. It's probably all mangled though. You put corners are all chewed up. He didn't have eight thousand Craig Worthingtons. Yep, definitely, definitely. No, it wasn't. There's too many. There's too many card collectors, too much sports yeah, memorabilia. Yeah, the market. Oh, too much. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. <laughs> he has dabbled a lot of things. Yeah. All right, Mark, we'll, we'll, we'll really... get your information. We'll have you down here for your running back combine, and we'll send the well, tape to Dan Quinn. And who knows? Any, any final words? Any final words? Yes, I want to thank you because the last time I called, I knew that 2-2-22 was when this, the, team, the name change was to Commander's. And you got me uh, two tickets to the Doobie Brothers, so thank you. <laughs> All right. Keep him on hold. we got a yeah, wild Get one, his dude. information, that please. Wow. That just called out of nowhere. I love radio. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is what happens at radio. People just call out of nowhere. There's a lot of guys radio like that radio. <laughs> We've met over the years. Radio Insider. <laughs>
He might make the Mount Rushmore of the, the P1 weirdos. No, but he's making a real bid. I, I, I'm being serious. Like, I, I think if you had a, a real clinical psychologist or something, yeah. he's got a diagnosis. Yeah, you probably put I don't him, know what it is. Oh, 100%. I, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. You probably put him in a straitjacket and never let him out of the room ever yeah. again. Hey, let me tell you about Main Street Bank. Bank local, cheer local, and business every day is game day. Business is always moving up or down, but never still. That's why the Main Street Bank team treats every day like game day. Main Street Bank is a business-focused community bank, proudly serving the DMV since 2004. Visit mstreetbank.com to learn how to put our team in your office. Main Street Bank, member FDIC, equal housing opportunity lender. Welcome back. Chucky's on 106, having the fan and the team 980. Jerry, Jerry Palm's going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Bracketology expert for CBSSports.com. Who's killing him, Jason? You saw over the weekend, somebody, one of the coaches was killing him. I didn't. For, I missed that, no. Yeah. What? I don't know. He's one of the current Coops coaches. Yeah, I didn't, maybe he didn't like his opinion on the squad, or I, I don't <laughs> oh, know what it was. No, I'd have to go back and check on that. Tournament's just around the corner, so we got to start gearing up for <clears throat> the NCAA tournament. Talk some college hoops. Because of our last caller, we didn't get to the Kurt Warner stuff, um, and I'm going to lump in some other things with with Kurt Warner. But I saw Kurt Warner over the weekend talking about college football. He started watching the quarterbacks. All right, Kurt Warner is a Hall of Famer. For some reason, I call him a former Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't think you can become a former Hall of Famer. You're just a Hall of Famer. I'm just kicked out. Yeah. Um, but Kurt Warner tweeted and said, I've now watched four games of Williams, Caleb Williams, Daniels, Jaden Daniels, May, Drake May, and Penix. Felt the two best, guys, two best games I've seen are Daniels versus Mississippi State and Penix versus Oregon in terms of playing quarterback more down the field, not quicks and screens. Outside of that, it's been very average. So tell me the games I'm missing for those four. So I followed this stream of these stream of tweets, right, because mm-hmm. I saw this also. And he, his point was, I'm watching all of these games, and they're not doing anything that translates to the pro level. Very little. Right. Like he's watching game after game after game. And that's been my, you know, when I would do the little five-minute review – I would always say this is impossible to know because guys are running wide open or they're running these spread off these weird offenses that they don't run at the next level. And I, I, you know, I mean, I think Kurt's a pretty knowledgeable guy. Well, mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up <clears throat> this kind of wackadoo. People are going to say he's a wackadoo um, that runs first round mock on Twitter. He was a scout for the Jets, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like, "Well, he's a former scout. There's a reason he's a former scout, right?" But I would say. He's somewhat qualified, and I'm just seeing more and more difference of opinion, even on Caleb Williams. Now, he's out there on Caleb Williams. He believes, according to what he sees on film, mm-hmm. Caleb Williams is a fourth-round grade. <laughs> All right? His, his name... He might be right. Uh, the, we'll see. The Twitter account is at first-round mock. His name's Daniel Kelly. He was a, he was a Jets scout. But he comped Caleb Williams. And on its surface, you can be like, that's ridiculous. Comped him to Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. The immaturity thing, Johnny Manziel, finger, fingernails, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But also the way that Johnny Manziel used to just run around like crazy mm-hmm. and then make a play. Yeah, And he broke down like the amount of seconds that each of these guys has before they make a throw. And Caleb Williams does run around a lot off structure before making a throw. Now he's got a cannon for an arm. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't know that anybody thought Johnny Manziel had some candy arm and couldn't throw the ball. Well, I don't think he came out of college with the, the a cannon. I don't think anybody thought he had the strongest arm when he came into the league. No, but and he was he, undersized. He was undersized, and he was known for running around. That was a lot. I of thought he greatness. made a good yeah, point. And you're not going to be able to do that as much, in, obviously, in the NFL. Right. I thought this guy made a good point on but, Caleb, though. He said, as a former NFL scout, this is a question we need to ask ourselves when considering Caleb Williams as a prospect and the system he played in under Lincoln Riley. How is it that quarterback Miller Moss was able to tie Williams' college career game high of six touchdowns passes in his first career start for USC? Mm-hmm. Is Moss as good as Williams, or is Williams a byproduct of Riley's system? Which is it? Because here's the thing. Moss threw the six touchdowns against the number 15-ranked Louisville, who had the number 21-ranked defense. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was the worst team in football. Yeah, it's it, it, it just shows you how many different opinions there can be, even on the guy who... Most people say is the number one pick. Now, this is an out there opinion. They believe is a fourth round grade. Yeah. But I guess he is hit on some of these guys who he believes have been overdrafted over the years. Well, he may be overdrafted, but he's not going to be a fourth rounder. No. Because these quarterbacks starve teams, these desperate teams are obviously going to take them very high. But Kurt Warner I mean, loves a lot Penix. of these a lot of a lot of these college quarterbacks, and we, we talk to people all the time about this. They're just you know, how many college quarterbacks actually play under center? Not, there not aren't many, that many. If, if any, at this right. point, that get drafted high. So for him least. to say that he's just not, he doesn't see Kurt Warner when he says he just doesn't see a lot of what the college quarterback play, how can they adjust to the NFL play? Because it's so much different, so much faster. Well, he's just saying, I. it's hard for me. You're just guessing because they're not running any right. pro concepts. Yep. Very few. Yep. Like I'm watching a whole game and I see like two things. Mm-hmm. And then we're making these th- leaps and saying these guys are you know the best ever or the best in ten years and he's well, I mean, co- and college coaches aren't trying to groom their quarterbacks for the NFL. They're trying to win games on Saturdays. The great example of that I always thought was Tebow. They never yeah. tried to develop Tebow. They're trying to win a championship. Yeah. Look, Peters has to get it right. So I kind of did a deep dive on this guy Daniel Kelly. He also zags on Drake May, like the guys who Washington may select. Here's what he says about Drake May. He projects him out as a bottom-tier NFL starter. Doesn't like his ball placement. He said it's average, not good, and not great. If you look at – and he does a dive on the the percentages. There's also a reason that he's on Twitter with like 8,000 followers and Adam Peters has ascended to running an NFL organization. Like, I tend to value Adam Peters – Opinions. Opinions. Over. I get it, but there's then, a lot of people. Well, we don't so know. We're talking about. We don't, we don't know, know if Peters is taking. He might believe. He might agree with him. Yeah, we, we, you we don't know what Peters thinks. I don't know what Peters thinks, but I I know this. I'll value whatever Peters thinks more than whatever he does. More yeah, than yeah. a first well, round a, mock. But well, what Twitter. about what Warner thinks? I mean, Warner isn't a scout. He's not. He but this guy position. was a scout. He's not a personnel guy. He played the Cakes. position. This guy was a scout. Now you might not agree with his opinions. Like he 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 likes Spencer Rattler. He thinks Spencer Rattler compares more look, to Patrick even Mahomes if I trust than Caleb Peters, Williams. That doesn't mean he's going to make the right pick. He could swing and miss on whoever they pick at number two. That's, he, why, that's true. That's why the NFL draft is intriguing because it's inexact. Well, and, and, he's, and I think Warner's giving you a reason why it's inexact yeah. because you're not seeing the skills that directly translate. Where you have to make the difficult reads, the quick processing, and make you know. The, that's that's where I'm going to bank on Peters and his staff. But they're to, guessing. To, 
Of course they're guessing. Yeah. But they're they're making an educated guess at whoever they're going to select at number two. They are, but maybe gonna there pro- are other... I'm going to place my faith with them. Yeah. It's, got, it's all you can do at this point. Well, of course. Just, they're I, make the right I'm thing. just seeing more and more of a difference of opinion on these. You you can quibble with this guy. He was a former NFL scout. You have a Hall of Famer and Kurt Warner. There are differences of opinion. Like, Kurt Warner said he watched four games of each of the top guys. And at least based on that best game, he's most impressed by Penix and Jaden Daniels. Not Caleb Williams, not Drake May. Penix and Jaden Daniels. Well, that's nothing but good news for the commanders because that if Caleb goes first, then they don't have to worry about picking him. Well, it doesn't they mean pick that Daniels, if that's the guy, it they doesn't like. mean that he doesn't think they're still first round quarterbacks. I mean, he didn't come out and say he's, he thinks Caleb Williams was a fourth round quarterback. That that's kind of outrageous to me. It might not that, be. If you think about it this way, what if you think about it this way? All right, you got an undersized mm-hmm. kid who doesn't run anything, uh, really, uh, uh mm-hmm. in the flow of the design or whatever. It's all, it's all, um, sort of off the cuff, running around, and I just don't see the translating skills other than a great athlete, big arm. Well, he doesn't do that on every drop back. I mean, no. you would think, Correct. based on what this guy's saying, he does it on every drop back. I mean, there's, Caleb Williams makes plays in the pocket. Here's, so, right. here's, so what he says, May. here's what he says about Caleb Williams. He wrote this on January 10th. I've now evaluated USC quarterback Caleb Williams in every snap he took in 2022 and 2023. And I've written approximately 11,850 words reflecting on him in articles. The takeaway, Williams is too undisciplined, moody, and immature to ever realize his potential. Hmm. Yes, he is loaded with God-given raw arm strength and elite ability to create and extend, but he's underdeveloped in the finer points of the position. His skill set doesn't translate well to the next level. The NFL game is about quick time to throw, precise downfield ball placement, and ball security. The only box he checks is ball security. And then he goes through the amount of time he spends. I mean, like all these different things. But that's one guy's opinion, and there's a million guys who think the complete opposite. That is true. So, again, it's just interesting the difference of opinion. And, and Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer, difference of opinion. It seems like I, than I, the conventional I don't know wisdom about this guy, Jeff Kelly, or whoever this guy is. I put stock in what <clears throat> Warner says, though. For some reason. All right, coming up next, we will talk some college hoops. Jerry Palm, bracketologist, joins us on the Junkies. Welcome back. Junkies come to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV in Richmond. You can check us out on 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. And we're streaming live on the Odyssey app wherever you may be. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network brought to you by Crop Metcalf, official heating and cooling company. The Junkies, it's Fish Cakes, EB, and JP. That is the foursome March Madness around the corner. So talk a little college hoops now with Jerry Palm, bracketology expert for CBSSports.com, joining us on the Beck QL Guest Hotline. Hey, Jerry. Hey, how's it going? We're doing all right. Doing you know, well. we were talking earlier about the court storming thing, and a couple yeah. of us said, Hey, when we were students, it was fun to storm the court. We were oh, at Maryland. Yeah. We didn't have many opportunities. We were underdogs. Did it one time on the football field. and um, But a lot of people you know, are, are worried because some players have, have gone down. Caitlin Clark earlier this year. And then what happens in this Duke game. H- how do you see this thing progressing? Can they do anything about it? Oh, they can. They won't. Uh, there's no appetite for that. Um, the SEC has tried fines. The SEC schools are rolling in money. The fines don't mean anything to them. Um, I think the schools like it. Uh, 
the schools that, you know, when, when your program is suffering, I guess, to the point where you celebrate wins like that by storming the court, then, you know, the marketing people can show video and look how excited people are about our basketball program and blah, blah, blah. And it's, I just don't think anybody really cares. I mean, you, if you did want to stop it, there are definitely ways to stop it. But, you know, nobody just nobody cares. And football is a little different. Well, for one thing, it usually takes a while to get to the field from mm-hmm. the football stands. Um, and also those players are um, padded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they've got they've got some protection. Um, and, and oftentimes they'll stay out there and celebrate the, the home team players anyway. So um, it, I don't think that's a great idea necessarily either. But uh, um, basketball, it's, it's just dangerous. So when you say they can do something, what would be – tops on the list to prevent thousands of kids well, storming uh, so the court. The first time someone storms, you know, you've, your fans storm the court, the next game, the student section's empty. Okay. And then, you know, if they keep, you know, they keep doing it, then you make it empty for two more games or a whole season or whatever it takes to keep the people that are storming the court out of the building. Right. And eventually the message gets across, but nobody will ever do anything like that. Mm-hmm. What's the update on Filipowski's injury? I haven't seen anything in the last day. Um, the last thing I heard was like right afterwards. They said he hurt his knee, but I haven't seen anything about his availability or um, current status. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on the NCAA tournament versus conference tournament play? I, I actually enjoy the conference tournament play probably as much as I do the big tournament. Um Obviously, you're not getting the, all the, the great matchups and, and how what it sure. means, but I, I love conference tournament play. Maybe because there's more games to watch, but I, I really enjoy it, and I've I think I've I've enjoyed it more over the last few years because you're getting some unbelievable finishes, which yeah. mean everything for for the smaller conferences. Obviously, oh sure, yeah. I mean, there's so much at stake in the conference tournaments, and even in some of the bigger conferences, you know, you've got teams they don't have to win to get in, but mm-hmm. there are some that probably do or have to make some kind of a run to get into the tournament. Um, so, yeah, a conference tournament conference tournament time is exciting because of what's at stake. But also, I like the conference tournaments because it's a whole familiarity breeds contempt kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you, you play in the NCAA tournament and you're playing teams that you, you know, hardly ever see, you may never see uh, in other conferences. But, uh, you know, conference tournaments, that's just everybody gets together and they all hate each other and it's, it's – and there's a lot on the line, and you you give intense games, if not elegant games. What'd you make of this last week for Rick Pitino and St. John's? He lights into his players. You don't often hear coaches kind of ripping players, and he kind of backtracked, and and then it's they a get a big old, win. <laughs> yeah, that kind of that kind of a thing is a bit old school, but uh, yeah, I don't necessarily mind it. You know, he he knows his players. If his players can handle that, then fine. Um, if he's gonna, if it's the kind of a thing where the locker room's gonna revolt after you do that, then it's a bad idea. But he must have at least trusted his players to react um, the way that they did. And you know, I mean, look, St. John's isn't a tournament team, um, but you know, there's there's a chance that they could be. But you know, they're only 16 and 12. Um, they haven't done well against the better teams on their schedule. They've got a couple bad losses. It's yeah, you know, they haven't got the games left in the regular season that are really gonna help them. So they have to win all those do something in the conference tournament, and then let's see what happens. But, you know, their, their margin for error in terms of making the NCAA tournament is gone, uh, but they're uh, or all but gone. But they have um, mm. uh, they have a chance to get hot and, and try and make a run. 
Jerry, I wanted to ask you about a team that won't be uh, making a tournament appearance. That's Michigan. They're all the way at the bottom of the Big Ten standings. We saw what Purdue did to them over the weekend. It basically looked like uh, like Mackey Arena at Chrysler. Yeah. They invaded the building, yeah. uh, took care yeah. of Michigan. What's going on with Juwan Howard? Is he going to be able to turn this thing around with uh, with NIL, with the portal? Because this is going to be two straight years without a, a tournament appearance for him. Yeah, they had um, they had some bad luck this year. On the injury front, they've had a hard time staying healthy, and I'm not sure they were going to be great anyway. And then your best player can't play on the road. That's weird. Uh, Doug McDaniel, yeah, he's weird. a local kid. He went to Paul the Sixth, right down the street here. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, I mean it's an academic yeah. suspension. Yeah. Um, so they they don't let him. The academic folks are not letting him travel with the team. It's not an athletic department uh, punishment, but it's. Um, hmm. yeah, it's an odd, I've never heard of something like that before. It's so you're just disjointed. You'd, you'd never have your full roster. Um, you know, I think they've got some guys who can play, uh, but you know, like Doug McDaniel, I mean, he's a player, but yeah. you know, and I don't know what they've got coming in for recruiting, but I'll, I'll be surprised if they, the only reason they would cut ties with Jawan Howard right now is if they thought that next year was going to be just as bad. They had reason to believe that next year could be just as bad. Hmm. So, you're a Purdue guy. Yep. And, you know, I, I guess I just wanted to ask you, how much pressure um, do you think is on Coach Painter and Zach Eady this year after the last couple of years in the tournament? Obviously, last year losing to FDU, um, losing the Sweet 16 to St. Peter's. Um, they clearly – I thought they always was, kind of – Purdue wasn't even the best team St. Peter's beat that year. Right, right. Yeah, they so, beat Kentucky. I saw that one. So I'm just wondering how much pressure, and I think this Purdue team's really, really good. And I think the guard plays is going to be much better in the tournament than it has been. But how much pressure is on Coach Painter and Zach to really get something done major in this tournament? I don't think there's really any pressure on Painter. It's not like he's going to lose his job if things go sideways in this tournament. Um, the, you know, there might be pressure on Zach because it's his last run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is his final shot at doing something in the tournament, the team is really, really focused every game, right. you know, win or lose. I mean, you know, things have gone badly. They have turnover problems when they lose, but um, it's not a lack of focus. They're, they're really focused on the task at hand. They want to win everything. They want to win the big 10 regular season. They want to win the big 10 tournament. They want to win the NCAA tournament. They're just really focused on that job and, you know, we'll see what they can do. You know, it's not entirely in their hands, but right. um, but you've got when you've got Zach Eady and um, and good guard play like they've been getting most of this year. Uh, that's a, that's a good formula for success. You know, getting to, to another conference in the ACC, I think you have Wake Forest in. I don't know when you posted this on your bracketology. Was this after I think they I beat just Duke? Put them in yesterday. Okay, all right. Yeah, they're first four in with Utah. All right, so you got Wake in there. Um, Clemson's going to get in. Obviously, Duke, Carolina are going. You have Carolina as a one seed, yeah. And I wanted to ask you about Virginia because I watched a lot of this Carolina Virginia game. Virginia has now gone three consecutive games, and I know you know this. They don't score where they haven't scored. <laughs> 50, they haven't scored fifty points in three consecutive <laughs> games. This might be the worst yeah. offense Bennett's had in and a long time. Something, yeah, because they're ne- they've never been an explosive offensive team. They've always been right grind you out defensively and then find a way to you know score enough points to beat you but he usually has an nba player and he does and he doesn't yeah. have one this year i just no. i don't know how you can and they're probably going to get in i get it but how do you how do you get into a yet. tournament it's not over yet but how do you get into a tournament where you can't score 50 points 
Yeah, it's well, you you do it by playing defense so that the other team doesn't score fifty either, um, and then you end up with a bunch of games that are really hard to watch. Uh, so wouldn't they have like forty seven, forty five game against Wake or forty nine, forty seven? Yep. Just this like a week ago. I mean, that stuff's hard to watch. But, you know, you win whatever, you do whatever it takes to win. And for Virginia, the formula for winning is defense because you can't rely on your offense. So, you know, will they win enough to make the NCAA tournament? I mean, they've got to play at Boston College. You think they could win that? At Duke, probably not. Georgia Tech at home and or the ACC tournament. There's still work to be done for Virginia. They can't afford a slump and still make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They should win those. They should beat BC and Tech, but yeah, Duke's a different think, story. Right. But then yeah, you talk you about the defense, and then UVA goes down to Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, and they allow 14 threes. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes it's the other team's day. Yeah, but, it uh, was for them, too. Um, so so they, if they're hitting 14 threes, there's probably not a whole lot your defense has been <laughs> able to do about it. Yeah, they've been just really disappointed. Hey, so do you think that this tournament – Obviously, who knows about the seedings yet? Got a lot of hoops to play. But do you think it's going to be kind of wide open, or do you expect the ones, you know, the Purdue's and the Yukons, maybe the Houston's, to really kind of dominate um, and get to at least the Elite Eight? Would you be surprised if a couple of those teams don't get it that far? I'd be surprised, yeah. If we don't see at least two of Yukon, Houston, and Purdue in the Elite Eight, I would be surprised. They have really separated themselves. Uh, from the rest of college basketball, North Carolina is the fourth number one. Purdue, UConn, Houston, any of those teams could take two losses and still not drop below North Carolina mm-hmm. at number four. So it, it, we're as close to three locks for number one seeds as you can be, you know, almost three weeks from Selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But those three teams have been really, really good and consistently good all year to the point where you would expect to see them in at least an elite eight. Yeah. Jerry, uh, moving off the tournament, because these aren't going to be tournament teams, just want to hear your opinion on cool, Coach Cooley's first season in Georgetown and then Willard's second season with the Terps. I think maybe there were greater expectations for both. Yeah, I, and I understand. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to for a first-year guy to go into a program that was really – really struggling uh like Cooley inherited uh, and just make giant strides right away unless you're getting guys out of the transfer portal that are going to be um you know studs or something it's it's really hard to turn things around quickly um but for Maryland you know you've got two NBA guys and in college basketball if you've got that you should be able to be more competitive than Maryland's been. And I, I think of Maryland as like a, a Big Ten tournament, you know, watch out for Maryland because the talent's there. They've got guys. It's just can they spring it all together? Can they be consistent? Can they play enough defense? You know, you know, can they do what they need to do uh, to advance? And they haven't been consistent in that way. And, and I, I don't really know why. I don't watch a lot of Maryland. Um, I watch more Big Ten than I do anything else. But I just uh, I don't know uh, what the – dysfunction there maybe they just don't have good chemistry well they don't well they don't shoot the three ball very well, well. in yeah. fact if you look at their team three ball percentage it's less than 29 percent you're not going to win a lot of games shooting 29 yeah. percent from three yeah what um, about the what about the georgetown struggles that jp mentioned does that vindicate ewing on any level or no like cooley uh, comes in established coach and he's doing basically the same thing 
Well, you mean it's having the same success yeah. or lack thereof, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, but it's one year, you yeah. know, it's, you're turning around basically a dumpster fire and it just doesn't happen overnight. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you'd hope for better. Um, but, you know, I, Ed Cooley's a good coach. It's just give him some time. It right. requires a little patience to, to rebuild what Georgetown, uh, what he acquired from Georgetown. Hey, I wanted to get your take before we let you go on um, tournament expansion because I don't know if you heard Coach K talking about it on his radio show. He's all for tournament expansion. He gave out some percentage of what percentage of Me teams – what percentage of teams actually have access to the postseason? I think he said it was about 20%, and then he compared it to college football, which is obviously much higher. And then, um, But Jay Billis on game day, uh, now I don't think he was reacting to what Coach K said, but Jay Billis on game day this past weekend said it's the dumbest thing we could do is to expand <laughs> the tournament because he says, you know, if, if you think that these teams don't have access to the postseason tournament, he goes, well, they do because they just they have a conference tournament. Exactly. If, if you want to get through the conference tournament and win it, you have access to the big tournament. Where, you do. where, where do you stand on, on tournament expansion? I, I am steadfastly, 100%, unwavering in my support for a return to 64. Oh, okay. I, I want nothing to do with a bigger NCAA tournament. I, as it is now, you're looking at teams with, relatively little accomplishment, you know, like three, like Gonzaga. Gonzaga is a team we're talking about for the NCAA tournament. They have three quad one and two wins at Kentucky, San Francisco, and I think Santa Clara. Okay. Um, and we're talking about that as an at-large team. So if you expand to, what, 96, we're going to have 32 more teams with less accomplishment than that in the tournament. No. I don't think they could expand that that far. That's a lot of teams. I, 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 we should just go back to sixty four. So, so you're fine not putting the first. Yeah, so you don't have to put your first four in. Yeah, I mean, I love Dayton. I just don't think we need those games in Dayton. Let's just let's just go back to sixty four. That'll never happen, of yeah. course. Yeah, you're right. But, yeah. Well, Jerry, I got to tell you, man, I'm looking forward to uh, you know football's over, but I get into the conference tournaments and they start next. I believe they start next Monday. Next week. Yep. Yeah, next Crazy. week, the smaller conferences yeah. next week. Yep, I'm all in, man, and uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you about it. Thank all you, right, Jerry. Thanks. Thank you, Jerry. So Jerry is 100% against tournament expansion. Yep, doesn't like it. I'm with him. I like the field of 64 better than 64 just, sounds. I just better. thought it was it's interesting. I just thought it was interesting that Coach K was all about expansion, and then yeah. his former player, mm-hmm. who's very outspoken, mm-hmm. he's one of the you know faces of college hoops comes out and says it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now, again, I don't think he was reacting to what Coach K was saying, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're on opposite sides. Mm -hmm. All right, got to take a break. Coming up next, what's going on with A-Rod's face? We'll tackle that more (laughs) on the entertainment page. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. Time now to open up the entertainment page. Hmm. All right. Oh, yeah, where to have the fan? Entertainment page is driven to you, Cakes, by BMW Fairfax. Electric vehicles are all the rage, and my guy Mike Walker is doubling down by doubling your EV credit. So if the rebate's $7,500, that means $15,000 in savings. If it's $9,900, then they'll just make it twenty grand. So check them out, bmwfairfax.com. Talk to my guy, Mike Walker. He will absolutely hook you up. Um, 
I think you guys are get a kick out of this. Remember, you guys are making fun of me for buying this cheap uh, AirPods or whatever at mm-hmm. TJ Maxx. Sure. I had to get rid of them because when I was on a flight last week, I don't think I told you, I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> I had to push them into my ears. Just stuff them in there real good. So I figured out what I need is noise count canceling AirPods mm. or whatever. I still yeah. bought a cheap pair. But Got it. At least they're they're noise canceling. Um, God, it was so frustrating to be on a flight and not be able to hear anything. So annoying. Um, so A-Rod is in the news. JP uh, mentioned it. I guess he was seen, what was he, at a basketball game court or something? Side. He was courtside, court yep. sitting next to Stephen A. Smith, some blonde silly. And, you know, he looks super dark. And, you know, <laughs> people are doing weird things to their skin now. So I think people are starting to wonder what's going on with A-Rod. He just got memed and he was aware that he got memed. I, I put up a side-by-side, if you follow us on Instagram, Sports Junkies Radio, of what he normally looks like <laughs> and what he looked like. In this picture. Yeah, uh-huh. and he just, you know, it's super, super dark. And he responded and he said, guys, listen, I'm Dominican. I like to be in the sun. I just fell asleep. <laughs> out. He's one of these guys. He's a sun worshiper. Okay. The guy's always out in the sun. He's, he's not like, worried about skin cancer. Right? Like, he doesn't, yeah, doesn't, doesn't care in the world. Doesn't worry about that? Nope. Nope. Falls asleep in the... Mm. That's kind of, You know, a lot of people do that and get burned, fall asleep. In, it's hard for me to fall asleep. I, yeah, I can't do that. You know, when the sun's beating on you? Yeah, right. I can do it in the shade. Oh, yeah, I if you have do... an umbrella and you're fully covered, yeah. well, have at it. That's yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. But when the sun's just beating down on you, it's hard to do. But so, you know, he looks... Does he also look real splotchy in there, too? Or does he just look <laughs> super really dark? Tell. It's kind of hard to it tell, It just looks right? like he's very dark, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so... You know, they make a reference in the one of the articles I'm reading to, you know, like Sammy Sosa, how, how you know, Sammy Sosa. Doing the opposite totally, of doing Sosa. Doing the opposite. Yeah. So, and I didn't actually realize, I didn't know how Sosa was doing it, but Sosa, I guess, was doing it with a cream that actually has like a bleak in it. Oh, really? It literally bleak. It seems like it's bad, would be bad for your skin. I don't think and that would be great. And your, uh, your body as a whole. Right? Um. So, anyway, <clears throat> weird story about uh, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart might be the horniest, what, 80-year-old or something? Are you with me on this, buddy? She is horny. She's always doing these, like, sexy photo shoots. She must be it. Well, didn't she do the um, SI? She might have. I probably. Really? Did she do SI? If you say so. I think so, yeah. I think a few years ago, yeah. She did a photo shoot a few years ago. I think you're right. I mean, she wasn't on the cover, obviously, but I think she did a shoot for SI. Do you think Snoop Dogg tagged it? Wasn't he I'd, doing bits with she's her? She's 82, by the way. I, yeah. I, I find it hard to believe, but it's possible. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't rule anything out. She's super horny, huh. and now she says she basically doesn't wear underwear. <laughs> That's why I like her. <laughs> hey, now, <laughs> hey, it's Brett. You can VIP for the next uh, doggy jam. She says, Martha Stewart. Instead, she wears bathing suits underneath. <laughs> So that's in case cheating. she decides to go, uh, yeah, that's not really. It's not really VIP. Yeah, it's, that's <laughs> that's VIP adjacent. I mean, isn't that essentially a underwear? Pretty much. Yeah. But maybe, maybe if she knows she's not going to be anywhere, she does no underwear. And if she thinks maybe she'll hop in a pool, if she wears anything, she'll oh. wear bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. okay. That that's the fantasy anyway, right? So these. I have no Martha Stewart fantasies. <laughs> I mean, oh, she I looks do. really good for co- 82. Like, cooking me some she looks good in those, like, delicious doctored photos. Dessert. Yeah. I, mean, I, I say I, that. I, she looks I don't hot. Know. I, in the photos, she does. She looks great in the photos. But it's like, who's the actress that everybody always says is hot? The old lady. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Chris, Chris, always, Helen Mirren. Helen yeah, Mirren, Helen Mirren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Man, I think if you saw Helen Mirren up, up, up close, you wouldn't think, like, the way Kevin raves about her. <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway. I mean, so Helen Mirren's got to be at least 10 or 12 years younger than Martha Stewart, right? Helen Mirren? Right? Or no? I think she's got to be at least mid seven. No, she's 78. She's yeah, the she's four, four years, years difference. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It, which old bag would you prefer? I think, I think I might say Martha. No. I, think I, might say. I think Martha. Martha's got some nice jugs for 81. <laughs> like you would think they'd be yeah. at her knees. <laughs> well, they, maybe they've, you know, they've, they've kept up with them. Technology's, uh, hang, you know, keeping them together. <laughs> it's been known for years, though. Cake's like some young. That's why it's into Sydney Sweeney now. It's a good point. <laughs> well, how old is Sydney? Sydney Sweeney's like all 20, of a sudden on everyone's like radar. 24, 26. What I is think. her deal? Like, was she like a child actress that's now? No, her deal is. Big rack. Right, right. Started Euphoria, which got popular in White Lotus. I mean, I'm just being honest What's Euphoria? I've never heard of that. It's a TV show on HBO A TV show that our kids watch that we are too old to watch. Mm. I think you maybe talked about the first episode or two because it was wild. I know everyone talks about Sydney Sweeney. And I know she is. She's single-handedly bringing boobs back. I guarantee you. Our our friend Mike David saw them when he was casting for White Lotus. And he said, that's a star right there. I've been workshopping this theory all weekend. Okay, yes. That... Remember in the early 2000s, boobs were hot. Okay. Like, right. bi- like big boobs. Yeah, like they were air, like for airbags on, on yeah. women's chests. Okay. Like getting getting surgery that to get, go bigger and bigger though. and bigger. That's your thing, though. You're a big jugs guy. <laughs> but but they, they, like, they were huge in the early 2000s. All right. And then we had this shift to butts. Okay. Like, like butts became hot. Yeah. You needed a, I'm a butt guy. You needed a round butt. You needed a big butt, twerking, all, you know, thongs. Butts mm-hmm. were hot. Now, mm-hmm. Sydney Sweeney is single-handedly bringing boobs back. Double-handedly. Yeah. Maybe they're looking at that big butt. So like, like, what like does big, she wear? Big, natural breasts are making a huge comeback. <laughs> what does she wear to highlight the boobs, typically, when you see her? Just, just a, like tight? Yeah, top. just tight, low-cut, low cut. Yeah, cleavage is hot. Big, natural breasts <laughs> are hot. I you think so. it's weird when you say breasts. I think I think I think butts are still huge. Like no, no, the, no. Butts are butts are going away. Butts are going away. No, and no, no. I told Drab this. Maybe within under a year, butt is going away. Within a year, two years, there's going to be like a yoga pants butt for boobs. Uh, you were wrong. You know how <laughs> they don't have that already. It's like a push-up bra. Yeah. They don't but have but push-up bras are going to be hot now because Sydney Sweeney's bringing boobs back. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you're ever going to get rid of butts. I don't think you're ever going to get rid of. I don't think the, you're going to get rid of either. <laughs> yeah, they're both going to be wild. No, but one, but one. No, that's. I can't wait for the day when big, fat, gross butts go away. <laughs> like all, all these women now have big, wide butts, <clears throat> yeah. and, and they think it's it's not it's not hot to me. <laughs> Remember back in the day when women would always say, "Does this make my butt look big?" They didn't want big butts. It's in the eye of the beholder. Some people love butts. Some people love. <laughs> Big racks. <laughs> no, but I think women are and then some have women both. Are doesn't big butts doesn't more than Kim ever. Kardashian no have both? I've never been a big rack guy, but some people <laughs> to say that they're going away. I don't, no, I don't think more, they're ever going you're away. You're more spot track guy than a big rack guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> a very sports nerd. He's That's a very, big bird guy. Yeah, he likes them really yeah, tall. Also, like women, the, yeah. also, women are realizing now that you can do squats. You can get a butt, but you can't get. A big natural breast. Well, not natural, <laughs> like you but can, you can get like, big boobs. Right. Yeah, you can, yeah, that's what I say. Big, na- like that's God given. Yeah, yeah. And I think women like Sydney Sweeney are embracing that fact. Was Brett? They're, at- re- they're realizing that you can't like do bench press and all of a sudden have big boobs. Is Brett's old theory that blondes are like the chosen one? Yeah. Like the blondes yeah, yeah, are God's yeah. gift to 
to yeah, blonde you know, chicks are just naturally hotter. Yeah. Eb, is that still relevant? I know in his brain, his warped <laughs> brain, it is. But I, like in mainstream, I think so. Yeah. Have you seen really? my sup pups? Go take a look. <laughs> take a look at the roster. Okay, I just <laughs> mostly know. blondes. But that's just they get a, something I've been thinking about they get a all weekend. Bottle of peroxide, first day on the job. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing they get. They get their T-shirt, bottle of peroxide. All right, so keep Brett. an eye on that. Valdez is claiming. I'm call, yeah, I'm calling the trend right now. The jug, the butts will be out. I don't think jugs butts are, are ever, jugs are back in. I don't think butts are ever going to be out. And I, but I do think Drab has hit on something too, where women are just embracing big butts more than ever, and they're praising each other for their big. butts. Well, I'm hoping Valdez is right in that big butts go away and we go back to natural. Maybe they're looking at that big. Well, yeah, I don't think not injections in our. Yeah, no, no injections. Those are brutal. Those are brutal. (laughs) Brutal. Not a fan. Um, All right, Eminem. Big natties. Eminem is in the news, and it's just stupid. But uh, I guess somebody noticed that Eminem is still using a BlackBerry cakes. (laughs) Now (laughs) he's definitely using black dye in his beard. They stopped (laughs) making them in 2018. Okay. Uh, in 2022, they said they, they were going to come back, but right. I'm not sure that they did. Did they? Did they actually come back? Well, I'm, I'm sure they probably did. They weren't wildly popular, but maybe he's got a new one. I know that I was a big BlackBerry guy, and then when they finally went away and I had to go to the next thing, it, I, 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 you know, I, I could type okay on these dumb phones, but I'm way better with the buttons. We loved our BlackBerries. <laughs> I loved mine for sure. I was a huge What year was the height of the BlackBerry craze? Oh, probably 10, 2010. Okay. Maybe even earlier than that. Yeah. I think Blackberries were silly. <laughs> but the thing is, is that, like, you like a small screen? I like a big screen. I just don't like a big phone in my pocket. So yeah, this is a perfect This is a perfect size. I don't even know what size it is, but right. it's the perfect size for me. I just need big screen and big fonts. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to have to start walking around with uh, freaking reading glasses. Because I'm going to these Need restaurants. Readers. I'm going to these restaurants. I was at a Marriott, yeah. and, you know, and I, I couldn't read the menu. I was, you know, because you have to get the coffee. And I, and I actually said to the lady, I said, can anybody read that? It's ridiculous. Like the board behind. It was like she said, micro. Yeah, young people. No, it was like micro font. And she said, no, what I tell people is, I can't remember what she did. She either said, like, get your phone out or yeah. look it up online. I, I can't remember what she, or she handed me something on paper. I can't remember you what scan her. it. A lot of times that QR code, you scan it for was, the menu. But she had, I mean, the font was so micro. I, you know. I don't like QR codes. I like paper menus. I don't like that. I'm a, a huge, dinosaur. Me too. I like paper QR codes are QR a huge pain codes, in the, the devil. I like it to be, because then you can see it on one page or two. You know, QR codes, you got to scroll, and then you want to go back and look. And, right. Uh, I'm not a QR code guy <laughs> for menus. Hey, do you know I don't like to drive at night because I can't see <laughs> Some you, glasses. You guys need to go to. I had, LASIK. I had LASIK. I had LASIK. Get, 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 get it redone. No, no, no. Get it redone. Just get, just get driving glasses. <laughs> glasses. You need driving. Glasses. I mean, you have a glasses drop Kate here. Kate says driving glasses. Of course I do. See, so I with do them. too. I have glasses. Also for... need glasses if to it... see the flop, depending on where I'm sitting at the table. <laughs> if it's nighttime and raining, I won't drive. They can't see. If I'm sitting in the one seat, the nine seat, or the five seat, I'm good. If I'm sitting on the ends, I'm boned. When I, by the way, it all comes back to this poker. is hilarious. Yes. When I was, when I said to the lady, I said, like, seriously, can, can anybody read that menu? Mm-hmm. There was a woman, I'm telling you, she was mid to late seventies. Mm-hmm. 
And she took off her readers and gave them to me. <laughs> I swear to God. That that embarrassing. I swear to God. Just buy some at CVS. I'm the same way, like 10 man. bucks. No, I have them. I have them. But I, but I just don't carry them, really. You see the hat. Like, where you do you put that, like, 10 yeah, I got them in my backpack, but like, where do you, you put them? For, you would your leave pocket? them all over the place. My pocket. I got enough yes. small case, but in your pocket. Stuff in my pocket, you know? You need to buy like 10 pair. And then just take them out. You'll, you'll lose them. Yeah. You just yeah, know no, you're going to lose me. some. I did the same thing everybody else does. I went to Costco. I bought the five-pack. I, I, got, I, got, I got them around everywhere. You're good. I, don't, I often don't have them when I need them, Cakes. <laughs> I don't bring my backpack everywhere. You bring your backpack every time you go out to dinner? No. Right. So then I'm boned. You can't put them in your pocket. Generally, I already got glass, keys. Glasses fit in a pocket. Hold on. In my pocket. Like most normal humans. Yes. Keys in a pocket, your phone in a pocket. Yeah. And then always have to have my AirPods or, you know, whatever cheap version. Well, uh, where's a light jacket with extra pockets for all the stuff you're looking around? Wear some cargo pants. Yeah. Got plenty of pockets. Hicks has been rocking those Viore's. Does, I like them. Does Farley sell those? Of course. I think he does, yes. So that means he gets hooked. Oh, you didn't get them no. there? Viore, that, that brand hey. they do so well, they are very skippy with the freebies. Um, that's yeah, a shame. I know that. That's well, running nerdery. I know if Carly that. ever wanted to take care of me, I'd be size. I saw, well, I, these are blowing I, up. I know. You see commercials now. You're late well to the party. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I just saw yeah. a commercial for them last night, though. Yeah. But they're nice. Um, all right. I got more EP. We can do it later. Whatever. I know we're up against a break. I know we have. We have another. We have Merrill Hodge coming up at nine twenty, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, Merrill Hodge at nine twenty and at nine forty-five give you a chance to win some tickets to go see Luke Bryan at Jiffy Lube Live. We're gonna have Merrill Hodge, former Steeler, <laughs> former ESPN analyst, join us coming up at nine twenty. Mm-hmm. We'll get his take on some of the quarterbacks. We were talking about it earlier. How Kurt Warner, he's kind of zagging at least right now, but he was saying it's really tough to evaluate college quarterbacks. I just put a video up on Twitter of Drake May. Have you guys seen the video of Drake May throwing the ball 83 yards and hitting the crossbar? Yep. I almost wanted I almost wondered if it was fake cuz the ball leaves you don't see the ball the whole time. Mm-hmm. You see it coming down, but I'm going to take it as real. Does it get you sized a little for Drake May that he and it it didn't even like he didn't have really a crow hop or anything. He just pretty casually why it threw the ball because Kyle Bowler did yards. like the same thing for Baltimore <laughs> back. Like he threw a ball like sixty yards from his knees or whatever. Like that's great. It's a cool accomplishment. You throw the ball eighty yards in the air, whatever it is. But can you make all the throws on the field? Can right. you do the short, medium, long? Well, that's throws? what we're going to find out. Right. Like if you can just rip a ball and hit hit the crossbar. Fine. Remember Jim Druckenmiller? But how often do you have to do that in a real Jim game? Jim Druckenmiller could throw a ball four miles. Right. right. Wasn't That's Druckenmiller? Skill. Wasn't he a first round pick? I think he was a late yes. first round pick. Yeah. Yes. Like thirtieth obviously... or thirty first. Well, the draft. famous one is the yeah you mentioned Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. video doesn't even look real. It's so fake to me. That's Maybe. what I'm saying. The Maybe ball leaves the camera. <laughs> He's like flings it with his wrist. There's no chance. Did you believe Michael Vick threw the ball out of the stadium in the? In the Gatorade ad or whatever that was all those no. years ago? The one that got me. The Brady DK pie. Metcalf. Huh? The Brady The DK pie. Metcalf. But then I saw one. I saw a guy with a 55-inch vertical, and it looked just like the DK Metcalf video. We just jumped up, and it looked like he kept riding. He just kept mm-hmm. going. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that's how Mac McClung looks. Right. <laughs> when he was in the dunk contest, he literally 
would just keep rising. You guys talked about that, I know, because I saw you guys sent me the outlines or whatever while I was away. Mm -hmm. Um, The NBA All-Star Game is just, I mean, it's just over. Oh, it's terrible. What are they going to do next year instead? I don't know. It's going the way of the Pro Bowl. These guys don't try. They don't try at all. They don't care. I also think it's it's the the league, but you know, I thought that, I kind of want to take credit for that. I think I disagree with you on the league. I think certain games may be that way, but if you watched Golden State against the Denver Nuggets last night, that's great basketball. If you watch certain teams, Jokic is an incredible player. That's not to say they aren't great players. I just don't like the style. I think you would appreciate the style of the Denver Nuggets. I don't know. They play really well, good watch team Nuggets. I'm going to be at the Warriors game tomorrow. Well, then, and then obviously in the playoffs, teams start to tighten up a little bit. I mean, the regular season's a joke. I mean, teams getting beat by 40. <laughs> but in the playoffs, they're going to tighten up a little yeah. bit. It's going to be better basketball. I just, I, I just so out on the regular season. Well, Cleveland was in danger of losing to the Wizards, and then they woke up and said, "Well, we can't can't lose to the Wizards. Can't lose to this team, right?" And then won by like ten or eleven. Correct. Well, so the Drake video, uh, I, I set it up front, Drab, that it might be a fake video. Let me let me look, let me look at this. But this is Combine Week, and there are certain quarterbacks who will throw. There are certain quarterbacks that won't. So obviously, they expected Caleb. I don't think is throwing. Mm-hmm. Jane Daniels, um, Jane Daniels isn't throwing. They're all waiting for their pro day. But I believe J.J. McCarthy is. I think Bo Nix is. Is Penix? Do we know? I think Penix might be, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Does it matter to you at all? I mean, if you're a borderline no, because eventually they're going to throw. or early second, you should throw at the combine. If you're the... F- if you're the first, second, or third pick, I agree with those guys. Why would you throw at the combine? Right, you're just going to wait for your pro It's going to ding your stock. Like, that makes no sense. Like, huh. it makes sense for Williams and Daniels to sit it out. What what I think is kind of interesting is that you, I'm sure you saw over the weekend that a, some prominent coaches aren't even going to the combine, yeah. right? Like Matt LaFleur, he's not even going to go. Many of them haven't been for years. I don't think McVay's been for three or four years. That's it's kind of crazy. Quinn's going to be there. Peters is set to speak on Tuesday and Quinn on Wednesday from the Combine. What do you oh, think? Good. Yeah. I mean, it is true. Don't you think it's – so apparently in the Senior Bowl, right, because we were talking this weekend with my guys about Dylan, right, the New Hampshire running back. Mm-hmm. Dylan Loeb or however you pronounce his last name. I don't even know. Right. Um, that he was measured with the mile per hour. He was like the fastest one at the Senior Bowl. Okay. Right, whatever the mile per hour is, isn't that a more important metric than your forty? You would think. You would think. I, don't know I, have, no, I have no idea. I mean, I, I mean, really, I, I would maybe just the think, speed burst of the first ten yards might be the most important. Hundred percent. How often are you running a mile in football? Well, of course, but they're not doing, but it, they're not doing it based it on a mile. Up. They're doing a mile per hour. Right. Like how yeah. fast they, we see that on the yeah. NFL backs. I, I don't there's know. certain there are certain sites. What are the sites, Drabby? The, the like next the, gen stats. I yeah, don't they, know they, they have, have your mile per hour or whatever. To me, that is a more important stat than what you run a forty in your underwear. You know. Well, they probably they take it all in, into consideration. I know they know? do. They take it all, in. but they obviously never, it's not that important. If guys like McVeigh and the floor and all these, they're not even going there to see these guys in person. Yeah, but they got their scouts. Combines. They got their scouts there. That's yeah. just some of the teams. Like the Saints are se- sending like every employee. Yeah, I'm sure. So there's no doubt. I like it. I like to watch it, but I just don't know how relevant. And it there is. might be some coaches that take the, the actual game film more seriously and. 
No question. And Vers- versus defer, going on no the 40. Question. Well, that's the 40. what I'm saying. Yeah. And someone defer to their GMs more. Like one of the videos that went viral, I'm sure we all saw, about last year's draft was the Rams selecting Puka. Mm-hmm. Was Sneed and, and, and Sneed was presenting it to McVeigh to McVeigh, and he was like, "Yeah, tell me about this." Or I, I can't remember the back and forth, but it was mm-hmm. a collaborative deal where it was awesome. Hey, I'm sure Sneed is going to the combine, or he's got scouts going to the combine, and maybe they focus more on the film. I don't know. Clearly, it's not critical for the head coaches to be at the combine because there's a bunch of them who aren't going, and there's a bunch who haven't gone in years. Mm-hmm. Tomlin's apparently one who go- loves to go to that right. stuff. Some of them want to be up close. Well, and I would want to be there too, also to see, like they always say it about recruiting, like with kids, like they they're watching you not when you're performing. They want to see how you interact with your teammates. They want to see how you're interacting, right, with mm-hmm. the other guys. They want to see how seriously you're taking your warm up and your stretching and your, you know what I mean. So I would want to be there for that. I would want to be in there for interaction. Like if you, if you, need, into the if you need a quarterback, like you're. T- your head coach should be there. Like Quinn should be there. Like he should be sitting in while the quarterbacks are getting interviewed. Yeah. But if you're if you got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback or Josh Allen, you can be like, you know what, I'm skipping the combine. And let the yeah, let, that's your, true. let your GMs and the other grunts in the organization take care of it. But if you're searching for your quarterback, you should be there. Yeah, but you're searching for every position on the field. Yeah, but you've already solidified the most important position, is my okay. point. Well, it looks like your quarterback. Penix, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy will be throwing Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and I don't think Drake May is throwing, right? I don't think so, but I, I haven't heard. I would be surprised if he was. There's nobody this year that we're trying to get, like, the real height, like with Bryce Young. Or the well, I real think there'll weight. be some interest in Caleb's height. Maybe I think there'll be probably- Jaden Daniels' weight. The, thing, the problem with Daniels is he looks narrow. And then you have those viral videos of him getting just destroyed a couple times. So out he of the played pocket. the whole season, huh? Yep, he did. He did play the whole season in the SEC. I understood, but you well, saw so those Man- hits. So did Manny Forbes. Put it this and way. He didn't play the whole season. Do you here think <laughs> Jaden Daniels could take the beating that Hal took this year? I don't think anybody here could realistically say they he, think he could take that. He may beating. not. Probably not. He may not put himself in the position to take those sacks. You're assuming that every quarterback would take the amount of hits that Sam Howell. I'm just did. saying, if you saw the Sam beat, Howell may have awful pocket awareness compared to most other quarterbacks. Yeah, but da- Daniels runs more than Howell. Da- yes, he the, does. the videos I'm yeah, talking about. Are you, have you seen in, the videos of yes. Daniels getting rocked? I it's know. not in the pocket. I understand. It's that. running. Yes, I've seen those videos, and he does get crushed, but destroyed. But he well, also didn't get hurt this Clint's year. going to tell him, "Yeah, right. run out of bounds. Right. <laughs> don't take those huge right, hits." But he here. didn't get hit. I'm just telling you, I don't believe Jaden, and I'm a Jaden Daniels guy. I don't think he could take the pounding Howell could take. And and most of the hits I'm talking about with Howell were when he was actually running, to be honest with you. That's when he was really getting clocked. I don't the know. Ones that I, I he, remember, t- he took some big those ones runs, in the sacks, Those too. runs where he was bouncing off guys trying to get those first downs. The one, I guess, was was it the Giants? Yeah, he took a big hit going out of bounds. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of those. Up. He was just bouncing off guys. like a, you know. Yeah. I don't know who I personally would select. Let's say the Commanders at number two, could take any quarterback because it's a complete curveball. And with the number one pick, the Bears took Marvin Harrison Jr. I know it's not going to happen, but I don't know which of the quarterbacks I would take. I guess I would go Caleb Williams. But I'm not sure I would take There's some red flags there. There's a difference of opinion. And then there's some people that just love Drake May. Then there's some people that love Jaden Daniels. Like, I don't know who I would take.
I, again, it's I, a scary pick. I, I agree with what Kurt Warner said 100%. It's impossible to evaluate these guys when they're not doing things that they're going to be asked to do at the next level. They might be doing it once a game. Mm-hmm. And then, you're just, then it's all just hype. Merrill Hodge watches a lot of film. He'll join us coming up at 920 here on the Junkies. Welcome back. Junkies coming to you live on 106. i the fan and the team. 980 in the DMV. 910 the fan in Richmond, Virginia. And we're streaming live on the Odyssey app wherever you may be. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. Brought to you by Crop Neck Official Heating and Cooling Company of the Junkies. Coming up at 945, your chance to win Tickets to go see Luke Bryan at Jiffy Lube Live. Scheduled to join us at 920. Merrill Hodge went viral about a week ago when he said he's watched the tape on Caleb Williams and he's not special. Just Hmm. like that other uh, scout you were talking about. So we can get uh, Merrill Hodge's uh, rationale, hopefully, coming up at 920. Um, I saw you saw the story I sent in. Um, yesterday, I saw the story from a U.S. News and World Report um, study on cities in America where they rank them. U.S. News and World Report, they do the college rankings. They do rankings of everything. Mm-hmm. And so they did the best cities in America based on, here are your factors, Jason Bishop, mm-hmm. crime rates, quality of education, well-being. I don't know how they came up with that one. I guess they just asked people <laughs> in the cities whether they like it. Commuter index, so traffic. Quality and availability of health care, so hospitals they have, air quality index, and then it says Federal Emergency Management Agency. (laughs) And the best U.S. city for quality of life, and I've been there, but I can't say that I know anything about it because I was just simply there for CK's wedding. All right. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Number one. Ah, too many, too many Wolverines fans. Too cold. I can never, never get there. Too right. cold. No, yeah. no, thank Is you. It, does it take temperature? It doesn't take weather. Brutal winter. How can you no not thanks. take weather into account? Quality of life is part of it. it does not take and, and, weather. And then the well-being. Well, air so quality. The, people index. like it. Air quality. Yeah, but I, I think no. most people, would, if they had their druthers, would want to be in a warmer climate if they could. If they could make it happen. It People says like Ann seasons, Arbor but... is the best U.S. city for quality of life. More than ninety percent of the city's residents. Live less than a 10-minute, doesn't even say walk or ride, I guess, less than a 10-minute walk from a public park. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's butt cold in Ann Arbor. <laughs> it's so cold. Yeah. Though Mike and Tr- it's, doesn't Mike Tirico rave about living in Ann Arbor? I mean, I'll he say that the Ann campus Arbor. looks yeah. beautiful. Loves it. Uh, they say that it's Gen Z population, ages 18 to 24, grew the fastest in America in 2022. So, I mean, young kids. But Jason had a real problem as you go down the list because number one is, and they're all kind of cold weather cities until you get to number four. Mm-hmm. Ann Arbor, Michigan, one. Boulder, Colorado, two. We've heard a lot Everybody of people rave nice about Colorado. About I'm trying to think if I've actually been. I've never Boulder. been to Boulder, but I hear Boulder is. He probably wouldn't like it because of all the weed, EB, <laughs> in Colorado. Oh, I've been to Boulder. Of course I've been to Boulder. Yeah. Uh, a lot yeah. of mountains. There's I've a lot of. And a lot of people with like 100 different colors in there. Yeah, I, I'm out on Boulder. <laughs> Boulder is number two. It's pretty if you take all the people out of it. <laughs> number three, Madison, Wisconsin. Madison. We used to have be, uh, that used to be one of our affiliates when we were on the Westwood One Network. Number four, San Jose, California. I don't know the number San Jose. Who would want to live there? That's the problem. <laughs> and I'd have to root for Where? sharks. No, thank you. Would you say San Jose? San Jose. Yeah. Out. I would never live in California. <laughs> Great yeah. place to visit. Never live there. Yeah. I'll, I'll say at least where had, my daughter lives. Unless I had F.U. money. <laughs> right. My daughter lives in West Hollywood. Really nice. 
you know, just a small little area and very close to Venice Beach and all those things. Really nice. I, I, Santa Monica. I believe it's 14% state income tax. I believe it could be off on the number by one, but I think it's very high. The one thing I do remember about Santa Monica, and I spent a couple weeks there, it, very aggressive homeless people. They This was 20 years ago. They yell They're at like you. the Dennis Rodman on the board. They're of very aggressive. People. That's where your boy Paul Rabel lives, right? Santa Monica? I think he said Santa Monica. To, you used to live in Manhattan Beach. I don't know if it's Santa Monica now or not. Uh, Portland, Maine, number five. Man. Boston, Massachusetts, number six. Mm. Been there one time for the Sam Adams Beer so Fest, probably 20 years ago. I did like that trip in Boston. It was fun. I thought Boston trip. was really nice. Back in the day, before everything's changed, I feel like cities have really gone downhill in the last 20 years. Um, Boston and San Francisco were my two favorite cities. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been to San Francisco only one time again. That was like 30 years ago. I think um, an underrated I, city that's probably not on your list, and people poop on it all the time, <laughs> Pittsburgh. To me, it's I a, poor, Pittsburgh's it's pretty a nice. poor man, San Francisco, yeah. but it's a cool city. I just think it's funny. Is, have you been? I like Pittsburgh. The, I've been the, once. The, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would yeah. be. The yeah. 10 <laughs> cities are mostly smaller cities yes. to towns. Boston's yeah. the and then number they throw one in Boston. City. Right. That's kind of crazy. Uh, seven is Green Bay. Eight was Hartford, Connecticut. No, it's Don't a dump. about it. Hard dump. <laughs> number Hartford's nine, terrible. I can't believe, made the list. <laughs> yeah. Just from everything I've heard of. Again, never been there. Yeah. Rochester, New York. Never, I've ever been there. Been. Gray, I've heard it's dreary. They have nice summers. There. They have nice summers. The other 10 months, brutal. Well, it's a dump. <laughs> it's a, this they is have a, nice summers. I'm sorry. This is a terrible nice, list. But. And number 10 <laughs> yeah. is Trenton, New Jersey. Trenton. Trenton, New Jersey. So, so according to U.S. Most News. I think all of New Jersey is a dump. But <laughs> by the way, there's something. I don't some, think that's true, but most people say there's that. There's something that all 10 cities have in common. I just want to say that. Mm. But you, there's no way you'd rather live in Trenton than Naples, Florida. I'm sorry. Or somewhere in South Carolina. Well, the problem or in is Charlotte. You, you can't right. afford to live in Naples, yeah, Florida. Yeah, Naples is ritzy. What, yeah. is Boston cheap? Fancy. Naples no way. is very expensive. I mean, you could probably get a car right, well, there. Naples is one town in Florida I'm thinking yeah, of, but yeah. there's no way I'd rather live in Trenton. There's no way Trenton's cheap. I mean, right outside the city? No. Terrible list. <laughs> What's your favorite Garbage city in list? America? Right now? Ocean City. <laughs> I'd have to think about it. <laughs> By the way, did the you name? see Ocean City was just named best? Was it named Best Beach? Did you see that? <laughs> best Beach where? <laughs> like, the state yeah, of yeah, no, like TripAdvisor or something. One of those. One of those sites. Mm-hmm. I, I saw. Yeah. I saw it this weekend. Boom, boom, named boom. Ocean City is. I, mean, I, I don't know I if it was the best East too. Coast beach or whatever it was. Ocean City won something. By one of those, you know. I need to see what the list was. Good for Ocean City. But, man, am I, I can't remember why. About is time, it, about time it OC like gets its props. Was it named Best sure it wasn't Beach? Ocean City, New Jersey. <laughs> no, it was 100% Ocean City, Ocean City, New Jersey won Best Beach the way, in the I'm North. The Fisher's Popcorn. Took a trip to Ocean City, New Jersey, like around my college years, and somebody said, it's a dry town. It is. You can't buy yeah. beer there. Right. And you got to like, buy what? the next town over. Is that right? It's insane. I don't get all the Ocean City hate. Why, I don't know why people join on Here, it. Here's the headline. Ocean City voted by travelers on TripAdvisor as a top 10 beach in the United States. Oh, top 10. Okay, sorry. I mean, top 10 is pretty best. good. Top 10 is not bad. Um, I, my only my critique of Ocean City, but my biggest critique is that the water's always cold. I don't like that. Well, it's not always cold. I thought your biggest Middle critique is the people. <laughs> it's too crowded. It's too- I would say your, your, your biggest critique is you're kind of elitist on the people that go. 
Well, they're you've joned on the hillbillies. I like Pennsylvania, but they're not the most attractive people. Like hillbillies tend to be ugly. Here, here, you want your top hey, ten beaches hill, in the Hillbillies US? need a vacation too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it now it came a, in at number ten. I got a family full of hillbillies. Ocean City comes in at number ten. Uh, Caligny Beach in Hilton Head at nine. That's right in Hilton. I know exactly. Awesome. Uh, I know exactly where that is. Driftwood Beach off of Jekyll Island in Georgia. Okay. Santa Monica State Beach. By the at way, seven. the Driftwood Beach, the picture they have there looks hurt. Uh, That's the beach you want to go to with hey, a bunch of dead trees? Drabby, Cannon Beach in your neck of the woods in Oregon that's, makes the list. Number six. My ashes will be dumped. Uh, Did num- you skip over Santa Monica? No, you mentioned, said it. No, I mentioned it. And number five, my personal favorite, La Jolla Cove. La Jolla. La Jolla, California right. makes the top well, that's five. That's where you see all the seals. Yep. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood Beach in Florida, top four. Poipu Beach Park in Hawaii, three. Hawaii beaches are silly. Siesta Beach in Florida, Siesta Key, number two. And number one was Kanapali Beach in Maui. Yeah. Of course. That's your top ten it, list. If you did a true top ten, I can't you believe Ocean be City correct, got They'd that. all be in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. The Hawaii beaches. Uh, Ocean City and Hawaii <laughs> yeah. are in the same list. Same list. Not even. Now, one's at one, hey, the other's at ten. Hey, hey they, Ocean City has Maui golf. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know you know that. Ocean City in Anytime after July 4th is brutal because I'm everybody sure. in America goes. Right. You've got to wait three hours to get a table at any decent restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then you go that on the beach. True. You go on the beach, you're bumping into people. Oh. Probably the biggest complaint would be it's just too crowded. Oh, it's brutal. You know what I mean? He's right. Like finding dinner. Especially if you have a lot. <laughs> if you have, say, more than six people. God forbid you have 10, 12, 14. Good luck trying to find dinner reservation in Ocean City. And I bet those Hawaiian beaches don't have scopes, girls and guys. No. Running up and down the sand. Man, it's but pers- I always have a great time in Ocean City. It, it's probably personal it's preference. <laughs> I always have my a good time. personal preference for a beach is probably somewhere in between where Cakes goes to Kiowa, mm-hmm. and he'll take his his annual picture yeah. of his dirty toes or whatever wearing his water and shoes. there's nobody around. And there's nobody around. Yeah, and yeah. then Ocean City is the Nirvana. opposite. It's the where, complete yeah. opposite. You can hear every conversation within four yeah, yeah. feet of you. Every, every, the guy you know, eight feet away is playing Morgan Wallen at the top of the boombox. That would be my group. <laughs> it is, it is a boombox battle <laughs> yeah. on that beach. But it's good people watching. I like it in between. Yeah, I, I get it. I, ocean, I, I think um, a nice in between is the Outer Banks, where I go. I don't think yeah, they're super right. crowded. Yeah, it's, no, it's not, not well, usually too the, crowded. The beautiful thing about Hilton Head is you go on the beach, and first of all, the beaches are huge, mm-hmm. right? Ocean City is like 10 yards before you hit the water. <laughs> and then waves are bumping. There's nobody too. on the beach. Right. The thing is, there's I nobody think, on it. Yeah. I, right. It's like if you this, like that. I, like kinda like, I don't like it when it's too empty. Oh, I do. Oh, I like it. It's the best. No, when I mean, you go out to restaurants and you're going to find I people. I like to be. I like there to be a lifeguard. But there's so on much duty space. In case the hell ever breaks loose. Case. No lifeguard ever on <laughs> no. duty. Where I go to the beaches. Yeah, no, I know. I've been to Kiwa. I like. I prefer a you're lifeguard. On your own. You're no, on your no, own. No, no. I, I want to. I need a lifeguard <laughs> case. Uh, in, in case of emergency. In case of a, a alleged. Well, I think they're phony and made up. Riptide. Yeah. <laughs> Cakes doesn't believe in riptides. <laughs> it's like it's like Drabby doesn't believe in STDs. <laughs> Herpes, to be exact. Herpes? Yeah. You think herpes is a fake? Well, I think it's a scare attack. Right. Was the this? one who said just had it? Usher? Just had it. He's had yeah. it for 20 years. No, I know, but I mean, we just talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, and I Usher is a legendary. the same brain with herpes <laughs> yeah. and riptide. H- Usher and uh, yeah. Juwan Howard, famous herpes right. owners. Juwan. <laughs> Juwan. Poor Juwan, 8 and 20. He's, 
Ugh, yeah. Gross. They're terrible. <laughs> it's bad. Are they going to fire him? He'll probably get fired. I don't know. He's such a pain in the ass. I think Jerry Palm said it was dependent on whether they're going to be good next year. So, like, next year they might have five sillies coming in. I don't but know. I haven't seen it. That's the natural order of things. You can't win the football title and also have your hoops team be like a top 10. Like, it's just, it's not fair. They should, like, maybe it gets one more year. It should but... be. Like, if, if Michigan football's up here, Michigan basketball should be further down. Hasn't so Alabama basketball been pretty good lately? Yeah, but they're never the level of the, of the football team. I mean, every once in a while they have a one off, but I mean, it's not the same. Mm hmm. Yeah, but they're not eight and twenty. Understood. <laughs> but I think the point they're going to the tournament of this conversation about ranking cities for us. Uh-huh. Our cities would all have beaches associated with. Them. Oh yeah, they would be in the southeast. Yeah, the south. Probably, Eric. Are you? There's gonna... no. There's no city in the south on that list. Mm-hmm. Are you buying property in Ocean City or looking at real estate <laughs> in Ocean City? Recently, no. Oh, Why? I thought you were recently. I've. I always. I always keep an eye open. But I am spending so much on college for my kids that I've decided I'm going to have a horrible was, senior life. My, my senior years. Wasn't there hard. wasn't there a point like a year or two ago where you were actively looking at, at houses, condos, property? I don't know if I was actively. I always here's here's my bit. Every time I go to the beach, I start looking at property. Hmm. Every summer, it's a rite of passage. I go there and I go, why? I, I yeah, why, yeah why, why? Why am I leaving? It actually doesn't even matter the beach. It'd be Ocean City. It could be Virginia Beach. It could be. The outer where If I'm at somewhere near water, I start to say, "All right, just how, don't fall." How much do the houses cost around here? Because I like it. Don't fall for the timeshare bit. You can't do that. No. Don't get don't get hoodwinked <laughs> and sucked in. I'm by not that. interested. But no. then I get back. Hey, I know into, somebody who can get you out of that. It's <laughs> yeah. guaranteed. I know. I've heard the ads too. They, they're very but scary. Then, but then, really, the easiest thing to do is just freaking like Airbnb. Right. That's that cakes. Now this was weekend. inherited because mm-hmm. uh, my wife grew up going to it, inherited from her grandparents. Yeah. The timeshare we have in Outer Banks serves us well. Got a golf course right there. Mm-hmm. Walk to the beach. Look, if, think, if you enjoy it and you actually use it and you get your, your money's worth out of it, great. But I think they're just but gigantic for, ripoffs. For some, I, I think for if, the you most use, part. if you use it, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I think what happens is people get sick and tired of going to the same place. Exactly. But that's the same thing if you own a place. Yep. So. I'll tell you what a ripoff is. Owning a condo in Ocean City <laughs> that you use maybe three or four times a year. Yeah. So you're just burning checks every right. single month. Right. Got to rent that just, slicky. Unless you rent it. And but then when if you rent you're, it, if your partner, your if your partner, 50% owner, doesn't want to rent it, then it's a problem. Then that's screwed. a real problem. All right, schedule to join like us next. Experience with this. <laughs> Merrill Hodge will join us to break down some of these quarterbacks in the NFL draft. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan. Of course, the Washington Commanders have the second pick in the upcoming draft. It's combine week. Everybody believes the Commanders going to be looking at a quarterback. They brought in an offensive coordinator in Cliff Kingsbury who coached Caleb Williams, so some people are connecting the dots. Our next guest has a somewhat controversial opinion on Caleb Williams that went viral. It's Merrill Hodge, former Steeler and NFL analyst. You can check out his website, MerrillHodge.com. He does motivational speaking. What's up, Merrill? How you doing, my boy? What's up, man? Doing doing well, okay. You guys got good weather? That's all that matters. It's actually going to be in so. the 60s this week. It's definitely here. a golf week. Brother, that's all that matters, right there. Good for you guys. Where do you Where do you live full time? Delta Airlines. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just visit other places, but um, actually, um, I kind of go back and forth. Actually, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Oh well, okay. 
Yeah, I do. You love the AFC North <laughs> cities. No, yeah, you're I, I, I love so much. I just stay. I stay. I stay both. I'm, I'm looking for a place in Baltimore and Cleveland, and yeah. I'm going to be complete. <laughs> you, you'll have them all set. W- Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia says you're from Pocatello, Idaho. Idaho, yeah. Eight three two zero one. How many, how many bears? How many bears did you see in your backyard, in Pocatello, Idaho? Now, where I live, I mean, it was. I, no, I worked on a farm and ranch. Like I cowboyed before I actually really committed to football. Um, a bull rat, I rode bulls and uh, calf rope, and so you know what? What I think, if you're from the east, what you get confused about the west yeah. is actually the west is desert or mountains. So right. if you're not in the mountains, you're it's really kind of deserty. Right. Um, so I didn't live in the mountains. Now I've done a lot of bear hunting, so I've I've, I've seen my share of bears, but never. Not in Pocatello. In my backyard. I knew yeah, this, this already, this. but I, I have nothing in common with Merrill Hodge whatsoever. I mean, you're a cowboy. You're out <laughs> hunting. You're like an outdoorsman. Played in the NFL. You, like a tough you played three days got, of high school football. I got nothing in yeah. common with you. Yeah. Well, this actually this will resonate with you. Probably everybody will resonate. This this resonate with you. When I was in high school, um, I worked on a ranch and a farm, and I lived out um, more in the farming area. And so after the fall, when you cut the grain down, um, you could pheasant hunt. And so I'd keep my shotgun in the back of my Buick Skylark, which had a, had four doors on it, but I, I welded two of the back doors, so I had a two-door. Hmm. So I, I, I fit in with the, the style. And we would leave our – I'd leave my shotgun in the back of the um, my car so that I could hunt on the way home after football practice. If you got caught doing that today, <laughs> uh-huh. you would – I would so that's what we I would do in high school um, heading home because I lived in the farm because so I could bird hunt on the way home because <laughs> the grain was cut down so you could see the birds if they were running through the the fields and then if you could flush one and it wasn't easy man like probably got one bird a year and I tried it a hundred times but so it wasn't easy but yeah I'm sure that would I thought that would maybe help you connect with know. me a little no, bit it's, still got nothing. it's a little different <laughs> it's different than growing up in PG County. All right, so let me ask you something, Merrill, um, before we talk about the quarterbacks. Your thoughts on Dan Quinn being hired? Well, I've got actually tremendous respect for Dan Quinn. I just, I, I think he's a great leader of men, and that's that's what you need at that position. You need a leader of men who, who understands pro football, and you can lead um, pro football players. And I think that's honestly where it all starts. I, mean, I played for Chuck Knoll. I played for Bill Cower. I played for two Hall of Famers back-to-back. And and I know the difference between guys that can lead, guys that can't, and I just think that's a pivotal aspect of of that position. Um, and um, you know, then then it comes down to your staff. You know, the kind of staff that you you bring in. I I was at ESPN for a long time, and every time this year would come around, people would be leaving, and then people would be hired, and everybody goes, "Wow, well, what do you think they're going to do?" And I'm like, "Well, tell me who their staff is, and I'll give you a better idea." You know, like I always use Bill Cowher as an example. When Bill Carr got hired, here was his defensive staff. Dom Capers, Dick LeBeau, and Marvin Lewis. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. Right, okay, that's the defensive staff. You know, then when you, you go to his offensive staff, Dick, you may you guys may not know Dick Hoke. Dick Hoke was probably the most respected position coach, um, one of, of – there's a lot of great position coaches, but one of the greatest of all times. Um, he could have been a head coach, a coordinator. He just chose to stay home to raise his family, didn't want to do that. And then Ron Earhart, who was the office coordinator for the Bill, uh, Bill Parcells when they won the Super Bowl you know, against Buffalo and Tampa. Um, so you look at all the just the great minds he put around him. And that's what is so important is that you get all of these people that are 
because yeah, I'd look at it. You know, I, I actually coached a league with Ray, uh, Mike Sherman, and I think everybody on my staff had coached like 25 years in the NFL. And what I loved about that, um, most of them, not all football, and I know coaching, and I've coached for a long time from and ages eight to 48. So I've coached every level of football, but man, having people that just can bring you thoughts and ideas that you can't, that you may not think of, which that's what it's all about is trying to be challenged and, you know, expand your, your learning scope. And at the end of the day, you're the, you're the decision maker, but to have people that can challenge you and bring things to you and to the team that help you all grow, I just think is a critical component in being a successful team. Talking to Merrill Hodge, former Steeler, NFL analyst. Check out his website, MerrillHodge.com. So we had you on because we've been doing this radio show for 27 years, Merrill. Wow. And in D.C., and there's been very little success for the football team, and they haven't been able to find that franchise quarterback. But now it's a new regime, new GM. They have the number two picks. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, their offensive coordinator, Coach Caleb Williams, in college, some people are trying to connect those dots, and we kind of wanted to get your opinion on some of the guys they may draft at number two, assuming they pick a quarterback. But let's start with Caleb Williams, because you had a different take than most on Caleb, and I respect your opinion because I know you watch as much film as anybody. So what do you see in Caleb? Yeah, well, listen, when I you know I said he wasn't special, and and let me define special because you get you know when you do a drive-by show and you do a hit, that's the danger of it. You never really get the good details, and that matters when you describe it, any player at any position. Now, the reason I don't define him special, let me give you two guys that are special in the last five to six years. Okay, and There's only been two, so that tells you how rare it is. Okay, mm-hmm. um, C.J. Stroud last year and Joe um, Burrow. Joe uh, Burrow. The only, and then, okay, now why were they special? I'll just go with C.J. Stroud last year when I was talking about he was the only first-round pick I would have taken. He was the only first-rounder that qualified as a first-rounder. And that is two things he did, uh, actually a bunch of things, but two things he did extremely well. He was extremely accurate, and he processed things quickly and beautifully, and he functioned in the pocket. And when you can do that and you can show that at the college level, and that's not an easy thing to see. So that's another area that I'm not watching where they're playing. I'm watching where they're going to play. And so when a guy is sitting there with four seconds and guys are wide open, um, obviously I watch it and I study because you can still learn from it. But that's unrealistic. That is not happening in the National Football League. About 70% of their throws are going to be in a dirty pocket, collapsed pocket, pressure pocket. If you can't function in that arena, it's going to be a hard and arduous uh, transition to the National Football League. Um and that's even if you can process things well. And I say you are accurate. If you can't process in that area, it really is a problem. So I've seen very few, few players that have been able to really demonstrate that in college to give them a great chance to transition to the national football. Because at the end of the day, people can talk about, um, okay, listen, if Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson didn't have yet to win a Super Bowl by running the Super Bowl, I'm just telling you, it ain't happening. Mm. It's never going to happen. At the end of the day – well, one of the one of the biggest runners in the history of our game, who eventually converted his legs to his arm. Now, it didn't mean he didn't use his mobility, and this is where people get confused by it. Is it? I'm not against mobility. I love it. In fact, there's a value in it. And man, if it can be used correctly, it can be a weapon. But it's usually a tool of <laughs> of rescue early, and then it can be it can never be harnessed. And it can never be corralled. So, but Steve Young, Steve Young eventually 
one with his arm and got rid of all the things he did. He's like, even though he made right plays with his legs, which was important, the majority of the work was done from the pocket. So, Mira, all that being said, uh, uh, what is your grade on Caleb Williams then, if he's not a first-rounder well, in your eyes? No, 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 no. I didn't, I, I didn't say he's not a first-rounder. What I'm saying is he wasn't special from that perspective, okay. how he plays from the pocket. In fact, his, actually, his accuracy is elite. I mean, elite. I mean, I, I mean. Well, that's you know, special he, then. That's special. Yes, well, right? I call it elite. Uh-huh. I call it elite, but just because you're you're accurate doesn't mean. Now let's go to where, and actually, he's extremely elusive. You know, I'd argue he's more elusive than when Patrick Mahomes came out. So does that make him better than Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. That does not make him better. That is where his his biggest learning curve will be. When you watch him function in the pocket, even when it's a clean pocket and he's got four seconds. He still doesn't throw it to the – when you look for it through his progressions, sometimes, a lot of times he'll let the first guy go because it's college, I got four seconds, and he knows that um, I can make some plays happen. Okay, and that's how you play in college. And let me back that up a little bit further. It is a pure college system. It is smoke screen. It is bubbles. It is, it is per, vertical, a lateral passing game. And the reason it's a let – that's another area of learning. In college, your, your field is different. Your ass marks are wider, and so they play on the perimeter. In the National Football League, we move them in the middle, and now you got to play in the middle. And now you got you got defenses that can scheme well, play different things, disguise things. So you have to function from the pocket. Now, a dirty pocket, he will escape, and he will leave the structure of a play a lot more um, in college than even he does in a clean pocket. Okay, so my point is that's the area of growth where he is going to – has to get better at, and there's no evidence that he can play like that. What he will rely on is his elusiveness because he shoot, he won a Heisman Trophy for doing it, and he's really good at it, and his accuracy. Now, listen, he makes some bad, some bad throws, too, when he gets out of the pocket. I've seen him make some throws. I'm just like, through, in Utah, I watch some throws. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Hmm. There's a reason coaches don't go, hey, guys, listen, here's what we're going to do. Our quarterback's going to make a play on two, all right? Everybody just get open. So that doesn't happen. You win with structure. You've got to play within structure. And from that perspective, that's going to be a big hurdle for him. Now, his first year, that's not going to happen. In fact, I want that mobility to – it's going to get him out of a lot of plays and help him. But eventually, he's got to convert that, that, that desire to run first and make it last. And, so you, and then, and that's a, big, that's a big transition. That's not an easy transition. And more than likely – he is not going to a team that's a playoff team. He is not going somewhere he's going to sit for a year. So we can forget the, the, the comparisons that Patrick Mahomes, because that's what Patrick Mahomes had, mm-hmm. period. And so that's why, that's the, when I said special, that's what I meant about. Gotcha. That's the area I look for. That's the area. That, now, those other areas I just talked about, they are extremely exciting. They are. Now, listen, and I don't know about this, and this matters. Are you mentally tough? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this: If you're mentally weak, they will just—they destroy you. Right. Well, on tape, <laughs> Merrill, on tape, have you had a chance to watch the other quarterbacks? More than likely, yes. Washington with the number two pick, right, may not have a chance to take Caleb Williams because whether you believe it or not, it seems like the conventional wisdom is he's going to go number one. Um, so let's say the the next quarterbacks. If you were in Adam Peters' chair, the GM, the new GM of the Commanders. Where do you go? Do you go Jaden Daniels? Do you go Drake May? Or do you go somebody else? Well, okay, now I haven't got through everybody, too. And that's another thing with, okay. you know, when I did Caleb, you know, I was, I was only about six, seven deep into it. And that gives you a pretty good foundation of stuff. You know, and I have 
16 games, 17 games done on him. I'm completely comfortable with everything I said there. And that's going to be his biggest challenge, okay, rather Chicago or Washington, because both of those teams are going to be teams that are evolving and growing. So they're not going to have the luxury to hide their quarterback as much as possible. Now, in your position, let's say Caleb Williams goes, which I'm not going to be surprised if he goes to Chicago. Um, of, of the guys I have looked at, you know, I've, I've looked at Penix from Washington in May, North Carolina, Bo Nix in Oregon, and Jaden Daniels. Of the people I've looked at, I guess I've got a bunch of guys to go through, but I would take Jaden Daniels. In fact, Jaden Daniels it probably demonstrates the, the best evidence that a guy who plays from the pocket, and, and now they have pro concepts they use too, so I can use some reality and some realistic concepts that you're going to see in the NFL. I think he's very accurate. I think he processes things very well. Okay, in, in these categories compared to May, I wouldn't touch May. I wouldn't. I wouldn't grab May. Ooh. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. And there's a bunch of things that bother me. He's extremely inconsistent as uh, his accuracy, his processing inconsistent. Um, he's not extremely athletic. I think I find him more stiff. He's got a longer throwing motion, which allows more hits in our league than he gets in college. And I'm just bothered by it. You know, in fact, I just I knew we were going to do this, so I just wanted to. I hadn't mm-hmm. watched him for a couple of weeks, so I. One of my last games I looked at was the NC State, NC State game, and that may be one of his worst games I'd ever seen. I mean, him play, hmm. and but but it validated. He's at the end of the season, and it validated a couple things. He misses a lot of hots. The team misses hots. He sees hots, and he doesn't throw hot. I just so that is you'd have to get in the room and say, okay, why don't you throw this? To walk me through this, okay? But that that processing bothers me. In our league, man, you got to be dialed in. You got to be sharp on that. When you miss them in college, now listen, there's a certain level of coaching that doesn't exist in college based on the time frame that they have. So coaching is going to matter. We go back to we started with coaching. Man, that is going to matter, and what they're going to get is going to matter. And that could be they're going to get good coaching or they're not going to get so good coaching. And let's just assume they're going to get good coaching. So there can be a lot of things you can work through. But the one thing I've, I have not seen, two things that, that always concern me, is you can't fix – a guy can talk smart on the board – but then he can't process it on the field. And if I find out that guy's like that, I wouldn't touch him ever. You I feel like that's the most your... important attribute. In every position, too, by the way, not just quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I, I told people, when we're, when it was, whether it's recruiting, whether it's scouting, whether it's coaching, okay, we, we can't. Everybody would say this. You guys would all agree with this. Nobody can fix speed, right? Like, I can't give somebody 4-4. We all know that. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just agree, okay, you can't fix stupid. You can't give instincts. You can't give toughness. You can't give all these things that we think we can fix. You can't fix. In fact, a good coach will say, I can't fix that. I'm not as good a coach as I am. You're not fixing that. And accept that and just move on. Don't go get him thinking. And that's the thing that I think gets people fired more. I'll fix it. You can't fix those things. I'll fix his accuracy. And there's some places people will sit there and argue with me. I would, but I would take – I have more evidence to support what I'm saying than they would be, have the support they have. When you see an inconsistent thrower in college, and these, these pockets are clean and people are wide open, okay, then you create a dirty pocket for them, it gets worse. Merrill, I could I'm listen to you all day, can. but we've got commercials. <laughs> well, we got we've got bills to pay. People well, should check out bills. Call anytime, okay? People can Thank check you. out MerrillHodge.com, motivational speaker, uh, of course, former NFL analyst, and some interesting takes there. 
He's in on Jaden Daniels over Drake May. I think I am, too. (laughs) Your boy Tim Hasselbeck from ESPN loves Drake May, Merrill, but we don't have time to talk to you about it. Uh, Thanks so much, He called him the most perfect prospect he's ever seen. (laughs) So that's the eye of the beholder, I guess. He also said Lamar would never win a Super Bowl, right? Didn't he say that? Uh, Lamar stinks. That's what he said. That's what he said. (laughs) He'll never win a big game. And I don't think he was making it personal to Lamar, yeah. but he was basically saying guys that play like that. He think, and now I actually disagree. I think Lamar will win a Super Bowl. But he's fairly close this year. Yeah, I know. I don't know how you can say that. But <laughs> I wanted to circle back, but we're running out of time. I know. And I got to get an intro in. Right. Got to do it. Hey, at Golfton by Worldwide Golf, there's something that binds us all. It's the collective goal to transcend the ordinary. Introducing the Cobra Dark Speed Driver, engineered with advanced aerodynamics power bridge technology, and large hot face for more speed and consistency. Visit Golftum in Tyson's, Rockville, or Annapolis for a free custom fitting or shop them online at worldwidegolf.com. Get there. I think it's funny that, you know, we have Merrill on. And I respect Merrill Hodge. But, it's again, it's, just, it's all about who you talk to and who you read because you just mentioned Tim Hausbeck called Drake May. He said, to me, He's the perfect prospect. He's about as perfect a prospect as I've seen in 15 years. Drake mm-hmm. May, yeah, he has Drake May number one over Caleb Williams. Yeah, but then you you take you talk to Merrill Hodge and he wouldn't touch him. Right. It's just it's funny that way. Uh, real quick, we said we were going to give away these Luke Bryan tickets at 945. You can call in now. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. We'll hook you up with two tickets to go see Luke Bryan, Mind of a Country Boy Tour 2024. Saturday, June 22nd at Jiffy Lube Live. Tickets are on sale now. For tickets and more event info, visit thefandc.com slash events. That's courtesy of Live Nation. Tenth caller at 800-636-1067. We'll hook you up with the concert tickets. I just saw during the break, you know, we're talking about these quarterbacks. And the it is NFL Combine this week. And EB pointed out a couple coaches weren't showing up to the Combine. Well, maybe this is why. Maybe the game is changing. Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. he's not only not going to run at the Combine, he's not showing up. Mm-hmm. This from SI.com. When you're that high, though, I don't think you need to. Ohio State's reigning Blitnikoff Award-winning receiver hasn't hired an agent. Mm-hmm. He also didn't engage in the pre-Combine training that most other players do ahead of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And all signs show Harrison's plan is to continue working out in Columbus, Ohio, with Buckeye Strength and Conditioning Tycoon Mickey Marotti, among others, to prepare not to run a 40-yard dash, but to play football in the fall. Scoop of vanilla, scoop of chocolate. Why? Because he says you can just turn on the tape. He doesn't need to do a three-cone drill. He understands leverage. He knows he's by far the the prize wideout in this draft class, and he has nothing left to prove. Right. So he's just going to, like you said, he's going to work on being ready for week one of the NFL season, not doing a three-cone drill. Yeah, you know, like to him, that's a waste of time. Someone like him can just say, "Just go watch my my highlights." Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> go watch what I did in the Big Ten. You know, but for a, a lesser receiver, somebody that doesn't have his skills and what he's put on tape, that guy has to go to the combine and prove himself. He doesn't have to. Yeah, so he's I don't got know, that sort of bargaining power. So, something unpredictable will happen in the top of the draft. Well, what is Drab was referring to Peter King. Uh, I guess he announced he's retiring from covering the league. I, I'm actually kind of surprised he, by I, that. I didn't. I, was I don't he know. just retiring the Monday morning quarterback I think that's column? what he was retiring. Because that column is a pain in the ass. It's, that I could understand. I, 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 that's I'll, a I'll huge have to pain read it again. I, I almost interpreted it as he was retiring Monday morning quarterback. That makes sense to me. 
But if he, but if not, he's just not what I'm. Peter King announcing Adam Schefter put a whole thing out this morning about Peter King retiring. It, then, and I believe you. It just it just seems crazy because unless he's got a health issue or something, because why wouldn't you just keep covering? I mean, I guess I know he was interviewing Andy Reid after the Do Super it at Bowl, a smaller rate or something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's just done. I guess he's just done. Maybe he is. I mean, he's had a long run. How long has he been writing? Right. Probably 40, 40 plus years. years. A lot of these guys, they just, they just seem like they're always kind of omnipresent. You know, I don't or know. maybe he's not fully retiring. Maybe, like mm-hmm. you said, he'll scale it back. Yeah, I would think. But who knows? But maybe he's just anyway, done. Anyway, what was the nugget that he that he dropped? He says, I'm retiring okay. asterisk. I use an asterisk because I truly don't know what the future holds for me. Right. That means he's going to do See, something. There you go. He's going to do something. All right, so uh, but what is um? So it was the Bears, yeah. Yeah, so what you know, he says I know nothing, but what Peter King does is when, like, when he, I don't know, says something that people listen. Like he mm-hmm. he doesn't just say things that he's hearing a rumor to well, get, I mean, get his I think name he out there. He has or integrity, and he knows that if he says something, people are going to take it and seriously. He, he first reported, I think, the the, the predicted the uh, DJ Moore trade last year to the Bears. And so he said, I know nothing, but I'm just reading where the wind is blowing, and it looks like the Bears are going to trade down, and they're going to keep Justin Fields as they should. And uh-huh. he says they're going to not only trade down once, they're going to trade down twice. They're going to now, trade. that's interesting. Why does – he must know – like, why? how could you guess someone's going to trade down twice? Maybe He just thinks that they can accumulate a ton of picks that way. Maybe Poles has told him, you know, or hinted at it. Well, he says he knows nothing, though. Yeah, but he's lying. he might not, you know, divulge all the info he's been – right. Privy to at right. this point, right? I don't know. I do think I, it's I, interesting. Eb, I think I'm in the Jaden Daniels camp. You're, now. you're now a team. I don't really have any dog to fight. Team but to be on. Lately, it just but. seems like there's. I mean, I'm just reading stuff. I I, I, I don't know, but they're probably not going to draft Caleb, right? It does seem. It seems like there are less people knocking Jaden Daniels than the other guys. There's a lot of knocks on Caleb. We just heard uh, a pretty hard knock on Drake May, and I've seen that elsewhere. Um, that the scout guy that I talked about said for, he's, he said he's not Don't even a stat go? guy, but all of his numbers went down. We got to all rate these. Yeah, but you know what? That, that scout said he'd rather have Spencer Rattler, yeah. <laughs> who was benched for Caleb Williams. All right, got to get out of here. Doesn't make any sense. B. Mitch and Finley, they're coming up next here on the Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.